this is Emmanuel Shriki, and you're watching Geekscape.net. Okay, ready? What are you doing? Putting it, turning it off? No, I'm gonna play Angry Birds. HD? Yeah. Are you really gonna play Angry Birds during the episode? The whole game? I don't see that. Like, do you know how meta that would be if you played Angry Birds, considering you're our Angry Bird? Yeah. The, the funny, the funny thing at Comic Con, and and we'll start the episode here in two seconds. But you know, this shit's gonna pre-roll like a motherfucker. Um, we started calling Walton Angry Birds because whenever off camera he gets angry, he literally turns red. And Shane O'Hare got you that Angry Birds hat, and I was like, Shane, I don't know, man, like. He's, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to take the joke. And fucking you the fucking hat. wore the hat like a trooper. <laughs> like a trooper. Oh, so guess. if they're ever going to make an Angry Birds movie, live action, you, like, you got to play Redbird. And then, and then but we're going to have to shoot it very castaway style, and I'll just eat like crazy so I can play the big bird. <laughs> and and then, then what's the opposite of that? The tiny one, because they're the two sides of that red bird. Yeah. Oh, of the red Ma- bird. Ma- Matt Kelly's going to play the pig. That's or basically we just like cgi you just a bigger version of you did i tell you what i do at work when i uh I, I when i go to the restroom now i just when i tell people i'm going i'm like oh no i gotta go kill some pigs you just <laughs> sit just you just sit, sit there because i sit there and uh, while i'm taking a dump i always play angry birds all right well i mean you guys are gonna get a lot of information over how the course often do the next people hour. ask to borrow your phone yeah. Not often, uh, right? Not, not no, now. No. Yeah. Right. Not when I, not when I make it clear. No. That's what the, I okay. Uh-huh. We're learning a lot already, and we haven't even started the Geekscape episode. All right, guys, this is Geekscape episode 221. I'm Jonathan Leonard over here on your left. I'm joined by a good uh, guest co-host every week to talk about the latest news in movies, video games, and comic books. Today is Frank Angonis. That's correct. Uh, he is a friend of mine through almost familial relations because Rachel Vine, your 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 current girlfriend. Went to uh, film school with me, produced Gay by Dawn, right. and now I talk to you more than I talk to her. Well, look, it's really exhausting talking <laughs> to her. <laughs> 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 this is a terrible idea. She's there's, right outside. The reason he said current. Yeah, yeah. Current, current and future girlfriend. The once and future girlfriend. Yeah. But Frank, we seemed almost. The funny thing is, when I introduced Rachel, who'd been my friend since going to film school with her, uh, to my wife, they ended up talking to each other more than Rachel ever talked to me. So right. Laura and Rachel hit it off like crazy. And then I remember when Rachel started uh, dating you, she'd be like, Jonathan, he's a, he's a geek. And I was like, well, I mean, most of your boyfriends have been geeky, but they've been geeky about like musical instruments or geeky hipster or geeky, geeky this. And she goes, no, like, you're going to love them. I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, usually when people say they're geeks, they're, they're fake nerds and they're, oh, I watch Doctor Who. Uh, it's like, yeah, like of course, it's the fucking catch-all today of right. being a geek. No, Frank, I want to marry you. Well, you're the good. fucking geek. Like, like now I talk to Frank more than I talk to Rachel. You're for real. I went over to his place for Rachel's surprise birthday, and half your fucking collection is stuff that I want. The other <laughs> half is stuff that I have. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, I mean, it was like a fucking mind meld with you, man. Well, I think the I think the issue is that you've consolidated. Yours is more. Your collection is more overwhelming. Mine is just kind of spread out because I... You still live by yourself. I do. Right. And with Laura, I can just put everything in the Geekscape office. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, is yeah, that what mine... you call that tiny corner in your heart? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I call it. But this is the Geekscape episode. We will start blowing each other by the end of the episode. Is that... Is that yeah. <laughs> Walton's over there. Keep in mind, the room's not that big. But Walton's over there to, to Matt Kelly. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, you shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Walton's over there to Matt Kelly going... 
episode. And I was like, frame that shit up. Go ahead and say it on camera. <laughs> it's going to be seen. <laughs> so Dude, Frank. It's not the first time they had. Yeah, clearly. I mean, come on. Come on. We're more in love with each other than, you know. And Laura and Rachel are in the other room well, talking. Yeah, talking about dogs. Yeah, Axel, Axel Braun should come over and <laughs> shoot this. Uh, all right, let's get to the geek news, okay? Uh, the big news, uh, the big movie release was Rise of the Apes. Fox's revamp. Rise, their, Rise of the Planet. Rise of the, the Planet of the Apes. And this was like Fox's new kind of revamp because the Tim Burton one didn't quite work a couple of years ago. Um, and this one I was not expecting too much out of because it was kind of uh, the first week of August is kind of where you put like a G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra. Something that you're like, okay, we can't go toe-to-toe. Are, are we not talking, we're talking about Rise of the Cobra? Yeah, we're not talking about Rise of the Cobra. You, yeah. That's really funny that, that you put a Rise movie here after Rise of the Cobra. But the funny thing is um, it kind of seems where... A studio that doesn't have faith that it can go up against a Marvel superhero movie or a Transformers would put something in like August, the beginning of August, to still kind of be a blockbuster, but it's sort of starting to uh, slow down. Mm-hmm. And I, you don't expect a whole lot out of these movies that come out in August. Would like you agree? Well, like Predators or something like that. But you always get Predators one. was July actually. Predators Last was put out in July. July. Yeah. July. You always get one though. You always mm-hmm. get one good. I always every time I like see the Sixth August Sense. releases. Yeah. Yeah, like Sixth Sense every every August I watch Sixth Sense. Well, the Sixth Sense it. was released in August, roughly yeah. this time, but and it played forever, but yeah. it but it, it couldn't have gone up against like the blockbuster franchises. Right. And Rise of the Apes, I wasn't that excited about it cuz it did feel kind of like okay, uh, they're going to put it there cuz it's a little bit safe to put it there. It's out of the the, the big skirmish of the summer blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And I want to see the movie. It's awesome. Yeah. The movie's really damn good. I think Edgar Wright described it as uh, Curious George meets a prophet. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks phenomenal. But I can tell, look, I understand Fox had, Fox put a lot of clout behind X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. I mean, that's the, you know, July and May seem to be the superhero skirmish months. And then, you know, even Captain America felt a little late this year. Right. Uh, but you have a movie... Featuring monkeys, starring the guy who starred in Peter Jackson's King Kong, mm-hmm. and it's a reboot of a 30-year-old franchise that tries to completely distance itself from the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the thing about the Planet of the Apes movies: uh, my parents got really excited about the Rise of the Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. just by putting that name on it. And I, I think originally it was called, I think originally it was called Caesar. Right. They just named it, it Caesar, and then they called it like Rise of the Apes, and then they had to put the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I mean. I think that the idea of making a really sound... It's almost like Splice, I feel like, from all mm-hmm. the trailers that I've seen. It's like really talking about... I enjoyed it more than Splice. Oh, did you? But you're right. The, the movie, uh, especially coming off the heels of something like Cowboys and Aliens, which almost overcrowded itself with trying to make everything really meaningful and have every character have a, a meaningful story arc, and the movie was almost burdened by its overcomplications, mm-hmm. um, when the storyline was so simple... Mm-hmm. In Cowboys and Aliens, it felt like much to do about nothing. They tried to make more mysteries out of nothing. Uh, Rise of the Apes, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, what, what that does really well is it's a really simple story, and you still get those contemplations on should we be Jane Splice? Should we be doing this? Should we be trying to cure Alzheimer's and animal testing? You even get metaphors when things like hoses come out and they're trying, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the police are trying to battle these apes. And you're like, okay, you start to get civil rights metaphors and equality metaphors, especially now that these uh, apes are starting to get intelligent to the point where they're not pets. You know, right. and Caesar and Andy Serkis and all the conversations that you see online about Andy Serkis making an amazing performance are legitimate. 
you really emote for these apes and you kind of want them to kick some ass by the end of it because they're not pets and they're not test subjects anymore they've now elevated themselves intellectually to the point where they're almost equals and it's a really awesome movie but it's told simply it doesn't try to overcomplicate things it just sets up the dominoes as plainly as possible and then pushes them well, is it true that I had, I had heard that there's only three big action sequences? I haven't seen the movie. Uh, is it true that there's only three big action sequences in the thing? That it's mostly like Let it seems like it's mostly a, like a developmental drama. It's almost like Flowers for Algernon. It sounds a little bit like a remake of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the it, in the series. It, it, it's a it's a good. I mean, guys, go see the movie. It's a simply done, really well done movie. Cool. You know, and by the time you, you walk out of there. You realize the movie's only like an hour and a half, but you've gone through so many things emotionally, th- so many little set pieces, that you end up feeling like you got your money's worth, even though, they, I mean, it feels like you're watching the movie for over the course of two hours or more, because you, you've gone through so much, you know, and even though, yeah, it probably does only have about three action set but pieces. That's, but I'm not saying that as a negative, So much certainly. of it I'm is watching like, yeah. the growth of this character. Right. Which it is seems awesome. Like, it seems just like a really high budget character piece you it's, know, it's, it's great yeah. uh, it's really what you want at the end of summer you don't want all the do you really want all those explosions after you live through two months three months of explosions no, no. but I am yeah. looking forward to Friday night so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friday night's an and entirely next different week, thing. next week next is Friday week, night next yeah. week. I think next week is Friday night yeah. or in two I think two next week is, next week is 30 minutes or less yeah so which I'm excited about too we're, so we're back to explosions though. we're back to explosions yeah. um, Rise of the Ape uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes I can't recommend that one enough uh what have you seen this summer, Frank, uh, that has like blown you away? What, what, what is the movie you said this is exemplifies summer 2011? Summer 2011? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, I may be in the majority. I really like Thor. I yeah. really thought Thor was really nice. Uh, it's breezy. You know what Wait, I mean? Did you just say, I may be in the majority here? I said the minority, didn't you I? Said I said the yeah, so, I'm being... in the moral majority, certainly. <laughs> but, no, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I may be in the minority. But look, I may be speaking for the masses. Right. But, uh, no, I thought Thor had, like, a nice breeziness to that even, you know, I've seen Captain America twice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had an ease to it. it. It was a character that I wanted to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cap or Thor? Thor. Thor, yeah. Thor. Well, I, I'll follow Cap, but I'll right. hang out with Thor. Right. Um, you marry Cap. <laughs> where does this go? Where does it go? finish that joke? The question, is, the question is where Mjolnir goes. Yeah. Are you about to do a Mary fuck? Yeah, he was. He, he was, but but he's wondering where Mjolnir goes, oh. and that could be the deciding factor. I have three when, when you're banging Thor, yeah. Thor definitely bangs back. Mm-hmm. So if you'd be, be worthy, safe. yeah, if you're worthy. Um, <laughs> so so you marry Cap, yeah. you bang Thor, yeah. and X Men First Class America? or Green Lantern? No, hold on. Are we going Avengers? Let's go. Did I say Iron Man? Yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's go Iron Man. Let's go Avengers. Okay, F Mary Kill. Based on their movie franchise. Look, no matter what, you marry Captain America. Right. You fuck Thor. Uh And you kill Iron Man, because you know what? Iron Man doesn't care about you. Right. Iron Man doesn't care about your feelings and needs, and he's not going to be an attentive lover in the sack. Thor, you got Rhodey right there to step up. Look, all I know is that Thor had an entire movie dedicated to him becoming a more sensitive human being. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems to me. Also, fucking, he's ripped. (laughs) Hold on. Like I saw that with, but I saw that with my girlfriend. She was like, "Oh shit, 
that's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we should see if he's interested in a three-way. L- Laura squeezed my hand during that scene. I squeezed it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what, what did you got there? Just at some point. Can't do it uh, this week. All right. All right. Um, he, he, uh, Brian Walton's sending me notes mid, midweek. Um, I'm trying not to interrupt the No, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, if you want to get to an interview, let's get to an interview. Uh from San Diego, um, guys, we have uh, Chuck. Do you watch Chuck? Yeah, of course. You, what's the big thing with Chuck? I don't watch it anymore. The big thing right now with yeah, Chuck? Yeah, what's going on there with the Chuck? They just, I haven't finished the last season. They just did the mother storyline. Okay. I'm midway through the last season. I want to fill okay. everybody in, but I don't yeah. want to spoil okay. it for... for don't, don't, don't spoil it, it's fine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Zach, uh, Zach Levi Chuck is no longer the Intersect. Oh, it's, it's Morgan is Morgan. the Intersect. Morgan okay. is now the Intersect. So we're doing a spinoff series now. Basically, the last season is going to be a spinoff. Uh, it's called it Upchuck? It's going to be called Cagney and Morgan. Oh. Um, I think we can shed a little bit more light on it because at San Diego, we had Meg Turney and Stephen Prescott talk to the creators of Chuck. They talked to Zach Levi. They talked to uh, Josh Gomez, who plays Morgan. And they talked to, uh, well, how do you pronounce her name? Uh, Yvonne Strazanovsky. I believe that's Strazanovsky. Strazanovsky. Stroganoff, beef stroganoff. Um, they Dr. talked Rosen to him about uh, about this upcoming season. So um, here's that interview, and we'll be right back. Uh, hey, Geekscapists, it's Stephen P, and I'm here with Yvonne Strahovski. Did I do it right? Yes, Did I say it right? yeah. Fantastic. From Chuck. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. You're enjoying Comic Con so far. I am. It was a bit emotional yeah. out there at the panel. Yeah. Got a bit. Um, it's final season. I know, How's yeah. It, feel? it I mean, feels, I mean, you know, it's nice to know that. It's nice to know that it's the final season. It's nice that the writers can write for it and that we know and and that we know to have a moment with the fans here at Comic-Con too. Like, yeah. if we didn't know, we wouldn't, you know, it was really nice. We sort of had a moment and yeah. everyone got emotional and... <laughs> Yeah, so now now we can go to work next week and shoot everybody an awesome season five and go out with a bang. Awesome, so you start shooting next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah Wednesday. Cool, so uh, are we going to see uh, end of series, baby born with an intersect in its head? Yeah. That's my series finale. Triplets. Triplets, there Triplets. You go. yeah. Yes. They're going to make me wear like a massive pregnant <laughs> belly. And, and, and fighting and shooting guns with a massive pregnant belly. Yeah, that's right. I think that's appropriate, you know, setting a good example out there for pregnant women <laughs> what? and guns. Pregnant women can kick ass, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to mention, my cameraman's been talking all morning about how he made out with you in Mass Effect 2. Oh, no. I I'm sure I'm sure many people here have made out with me in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> you were playing the female character. So I made out with a female character. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either, but uh, yeah, there you go. I might have to YouTube that, Google that later on and check it out myself. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Yvonne. So nice to meet you, and uh, congratulations on everything with Chuck and going in the final season. See, we bonded. We made a relationship. It's fantastic. (laughs) All right, I'm here with Chuck's Adam. Adam, sorry, what's your last name? Baldwin. I don't like want to mess piano. it up. I'm so sorry. Baldwin, like the piano. You want oh, to start that's again? very classy. Ready? Start again. Hi, I'm here with Chuck's Adam Baldwin, like the piano. It's right. so nice to see you. You, you a piano player? Um, actually, I played flute, so I can read piano music, but I can't play it very well. Oh, very good. Are you? Very good. I, I, how's your umbature? It's uh, it's not that great since I don't play much anymore. Oh, I know I've lost all the muscle. I see. Just saw. Uh, Jethro Tull recently. The guy, the guy. I get that every still, time I say flute. Can still blow. Boy, he's the most famous flautist in my. Uh, my you haven't heard me play. That's right, I haven't. Nice umbature. Thank you. 
Uh, so you just had the panel. Mm -hmm. It was hugely successful. Are you? How do you feel about the last season? Well, it's bittersweet. I'm still not convinced it'll be the last, although never know. Um, <laughs> Come on, give us an exclusive. It's not the last season. I don't know. I, this is all speculation, or this is, you know how television works. Um, it's it's melancholy and bittersweet. We're going to miss miss each other, but uh, it's been a good run, longer than we ever expected. So, what's your favorite memory from the set? Zach singing. He's favorite or most horrific memory from the set? A most horrific? Mm. Oh no, no, his singing is very good. He, the guy can really sing. He's uh, he's proven that uh, on the Oscars. He got to go and sing there. So there was that, and I think some of the scenes with Gomez have been have been really heartwarming for me. It's also been nice to see uh, Yvonne grow. When she arrived here, she was just a Basically a kid fresh off the boat, and she's grown into quite a fine actress and uh, just a wonderful, lovely, lovely human being. So I keep you, I don't want to keep you because I know you have a lot to go, but one word answer, your favorite superhero. Favorite what? Superhero. Favorite superhero? Superman. Very good. Is there a reason why? Uh, I've done the voice of Superman. Oh, very nice. Thank you very much for nice talking to, to us. Thanks, it was very Mike. nice to meet you. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm here with Mark Christopher, Chuck... Welcome to Comic-Con. Thank you. That doesn't count as one of my two questions because it's not a question. It's a greeting. <laughs> is this your first Comic-Con? Is this overwhelming? No. Um, I've been here every year except for the first one. Wow. Yeah. So welcome home. Yeah. So let's get right to Chuck. I know you don't have a lot of time. Um, you're getting married in this coming. This is your last season. Uh, are we going to see more of your family dynamic in the show? That's news to me. Am I getting married? You know you're getting married. Come on now. I I haven't seen that in the talking points. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you were getting married, would we see more of the family dynamic in the coming season? I, I would hope so. I, I think, you know, Big Mike started off uh, in the first season he was married and then got divorced. And uh, now he has this, this uh, love in his life with, and Morgan's mommy. And um, uh, I would hope that they would explore that a little more. Are you going to get your general manager job back? I, I, think, I think he has to. All of a sudden, you know, Morgan is, is uh, a spy. You know, um, can he can he be a spy and out of the buy more so much and, and, and leave it into the hands of Jeff and Lester? It's got to be Big Mike. <laughs> so our last question, if you were running an electronic store, if somebody was going to be an electronic store manager, what's the one thing that they need to do? Um, delegate. <laughs> delegate. Do as little hands-on as possible. Fantastic. Thank you so much for talking to us. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you. It was very nice meeting you, Meg. Hello, Geekscapists. I'm here with Chris and Ryan from Chuck. How are you guys? Are you guys exhausted already? Exhausted. Yes. <laughs> I know. This is what I live for. So, like, as soon as the cameras start rolling, I turn it up a notch. I'm exactly. Yeah, when the cameras stop rolling. Captain Awesome Man. So you're in your final season. I know. I just heard you say you're really excited to tell the story you want to tell. How daunting of a task is it to go in and find out how, figure out how you're going to wrap everything up? It's daunting but fun. And this has been a show that's always been a lot. It's been so much fun to break and to figure out and to explore these characters. So for us, it's like it's yeah. There's a challenge to it, um, but uh, you know, it's it's a dream. It's a dream to tell this story. And so we we the writers have so much fun, and it's it's we're just excited to see what the uh, the actors do with it. I do think the final finale, like what's the final moment of the show, that is an interesting, daunting thing because you really are putting your, you know, your final, you know 
period or exclamation point on the show. And I think that that's, you know, that's something that we do think about quite a bit. You know? Can we expect you to go full on Sopranos and just cut out in the middle? You know, so we could go Sopranos, we could go Snow Globe, we could go Newhart. I mean, it's like there's a lot of... Oh, Newhart! Oh, brings gosh. back my childhood. How did Newhart end? I oh, Newhart's the best ending ever. Oh which is that the Newhart show had Bob Newhart wake up from a dream. That's right. And it was oh, in his original the Bob Newhart show. It's one of the greatest that things was ever. great. Yeah. Great. So reflect on Bob Newhart for a second. Let's just drink uh, it in. And there's, so, there's so many, and there are so many characters that you could actually have wake up that you've had guest star on our show from yeah. a dream and Chuck was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> who has been your <laughs> who, who has been your favorite guest star so far? Oh, it's so I mean it's so hard to, to have a favorite guest star. We had Linda Hamilton who was great last year. I mean I think that the you know Timothy Dalton was just very very fun character I mean like as people they've all been amazing but as that character evolved and came back down I mean it was just a really fun and most recent in memory too I think, I think yeah I mean absolutely I think that you know we've had so many great guest stars on our show it's hard but I do think that Volkov was a character who took over the season yeah. like he acts actually like you know I demand to be on screen and we loved writing a villain you know, because we'd never really done like a multi, you know, it's like a season-long villain, and that was really, fun. that was really exciting. That was really exciting. And Timothy was amazing. He acted out. He would show up in our in the writer's office, and he would perform. He would actually use like I want to talk about the script, but he would show up and actually perform the part, which was, it was like, a whole huge. another level of commitment that they weren't used to <laughs> doing with yeah, us as we're actors. Really happy if Ryan even reads the script. Uh, well, hey man, I'll get around to him. You know, it's all right. Uh, what are we about to do? This scene. Hold on, give me that page. Uh, I got this. Am I not in the scene? Oh. Get that away from me. <laughs> no. Quick question. If you could be any superhero, who would it be? Um, I don't know. Who would you be? Or your favorite superhero. You don't have to say who you'd want to be. You could also say your favorite superhero. Um, well, is, is, uh, we're just talking about Luke Skywalker. I mean, is he a Not a superhero. I mean, no, he's not a superhero, but that's the closest thing I could think his of. His power is crying about who his father really is. Come hey, on. Easy. I'm very I met Mark Hamill yesterday. He's probably going to be sad. Yeah, he cried well, a lot in that movie. We all have to admit. I loved it. I loved it. Um, my favorite superhero, I mean, I just go back to um, probably to Superman was the first one that really had the effect on me that uh, I just remember like waking up, like passing out when I was a kid watching Superman and then waking up in my dad's arms as he's like carrying me up to bed and then going like, was that all a dream? Was that all Superman? Am I Superman? You know. So, yeah. You were drugged as a child, is that what you're saying? Well, a lot of Benadryl, you know, what a NyQuil. Just shut up and go to sleep, kid. <laughs> what about you? Favorite superhero or who you'd want to be? I, I don't know if I'd want to be a superhero. That's really yeah, stressful. Cool. I, it's you like a save lot. save the world. Come on. save the world. I don't know how you do it, man. It's like a hard enough time writing a television show. <laughs> um, but for me, though, it's like I, I think that, you know, Superman is, is, is Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner. Yep. You know, Superman was like a... It was an incredible thing, an incredible thing, and it definitely a touchdown for I think for all of us. That's the, that's the superhero. Fantastic! Thank you guys for so much for talking to me, and congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I heard your panel was a huge success, and I wish you guys all the success for your final thank season. You so thank, thank you. you. Oh, yeah. How are you? Are you are you feeling good this morning? I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> As you can hear in my voice, I'm pretty. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty spent already, but. Look, I knew I was going to come down to Comic-Con and I was going to give it my all and try and try and take from it everything I could. You know, it's an incredible weekend. It's full of incredible people and uh, just a lot of love, you know. Love, Absolutely. Love. So, yeah, it's been good. Josh just looks like he's caught on an awkward first date. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, great. No, keep going. So, like, you two are handed off and Josh is just like, what's going on? I should probably get out of here, maybe. No, no, no. No, no, no. Stay. It's not weird. Enjoy the foliage. <laughs> oh, I have. I have. <laughs> 
All right, so do you want to do an intro first since I just oh, jumped right into that? Way to ruin everything. Oh, that's all usable. I don't know why It is. We're going to pull it up. <laughs> hey, Geekscape, this time here with Zachary Levi and Josh Gomez on our awkward first date. Hey, Zach. Hi, Meg. How are you? Uh, Josh. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> So Comic-Con, for you guys, is huge. I mean, you have such a huge following here. You just had your panel that was incredibly successful. What are you looking forward to seeing? Um, Josh, you don't get to answer. <laughs> this is our this day. This is like so many of my days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's amazing. Just a girl talking yeah, to like yeah, the waiter. Yeah. You're like, I, I, did I get... What I, like, what's going on the menu? Yeah, Josh, Josh shut up. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, uh, what I, you know, like at, at Comic-Con every year, it's always something... Something crazy goes down. Something uh, just surprising, and I, I like seeing the surprises. And I totally forgot to bring my stormtrooper helmet with me, so I can't go we'll walk the floor. I know every year we talked about it, and we didn't do it. We're lazy. Uh, but no, I just you know all this stuff. Just seeing the fans, it's great. Wow, you, Josh. Uh, oh wow. I'm gonna let you answer. Oh my God. I just saw your eyes, and now I'm gonna let you answer. Oh, look at that, huh? That's my. It's the magic. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, totally. You mean, yeah. Um, again, like my dates, I bring a cameraman with me. It's just like, Maybe that's why they don't talk to you. Right, so right, right, right. Uh, no, I, 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 honestly, <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's. I just. It's. I love seeing the fans. Love seeing the costumes. I just love seeing speed. You know. <laughs> um, and um, you know, I just love being down here. I love San Diego, and uh, it's just great. I mean, Thor's hammers on the ground there. I want to. Mjolnir. Yeah. Mjolnir, the name of his hammer. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is your final season of Chuck. Is it bittersweet? Exciting? How do you feel about it? Yeah, all of the above. You know, no, seriously, it's a mixed bag of emotions. You know, when you're coming to the end of something. I mean, we. This is my family. All these guys are my family. I, I spend more time with them than I do my own real biological family and friends. So uh, it's really, really weird. That's one of the weirdest things about Hollywood in general. You know, you do a project, you spend intense hours together for a long period of time, five years. You know, it's longer than college. I went to I went to college for five days, so I don't even really apply. Uh, but and then all of a sudden, one day, it's like, all right, well, that was that, and. Some, some you stay in touch with, you know, uh, Josh won't be. He's not going to call you. No. The extent of our dialogue will all be over Xbox Live. It won't even be, you know what I mean? It won't even, we won't call. Um, hey, smiley face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bored. Yeah, yeah. You know. No one uses the message system on Xbox Live. Let's all be yeah, honest the here. Keyboard's not great. I, you no. know what I mean? And, and I, I love the controller. I just don't want to put the QWERTY on them. Get in there. Oh, yeah. Go, go, go. Oh, you're going to steal them. But, no, you're no, not allowed to do that. It's somber. It's somber. It's, uh, it's definitely sobering. And But being able to spend the time with the fans one last time and just say thank you, you know, that's, that's what it's One word answer. Favorite superhero, go. I refuse to answer that question. You can't answer that question? Not know you get on. I can't. I can't. There's too many. Josh? Yeah. Uh, Gru. No, I don't know. What that is. <laughs> um, uh, Batman, maybe I'll just throw that out there. All right. Good job. Good series to pick from. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Nice it's so nice to see you. Thanks for being on my awkward first date. It was, you made it magical. Thank you. I tried. Bye. Bye, Josh. So that was our interviews with the Chuck uh, cast and creators. Um, let's talk about one of the big things that came out uh, this week, Catwoman picture. Mm -hmm. 
Anne Hathaway on a bike. And then there were some nice Anne Hathaway pictures of her, like, walking down Gotham City courtroom steps or whatever. Carrying the thing in the... What do you think of this, this Catwoman picture? Because there was a, a support and outcry against it. Well, not outcry. You don't, I mean... I'm not, I'm not outcry. Were, were, were people crazy about it? Look, I mean, some people are like, I'll it's never not outcry Catwoman Anne Hathaway in a catsuit. But, <laughs> but, but I don't, I, you know, I was really What'd hoping... What do you think? I was really hoping there'd be... First of all, I, I really don't think that's the final costume picture. Right. I think that's going to be one of the first, and then at some point she'll get the whole, you know, the Darwin Cook set up with the goggles. And mm-hmm. the, um, there's a weird Lee Merriweather thing going on with the goggles, like a Batman 66 thing, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like there's a little point here, and you can see that there might be a mask underneath those goggles. Um, it's fine. There's going to be a cow. At some point in the movie, there yeah. will. You'll have a, a yeah. cow. I mean, it's fine. It's look. It's a picture of Anne Hathaway in a, in a cat suit. That's not a big, like straddled over. That's not a big reveal. I mean, it's not as crazy as the Bane, the Tom Hardy Bane with the mink fur coat. Yeah, well. pictures. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Uh, what do you think about Bane's design? I've never been a big fan of Bane's design. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the character of Bane for the original story, for the whole Nightfall story arc, and then you know, I think Gail Simone did a great job with Bane in Secret Six because he's mostly a character who's defined by wanting to break Batman in half. <laughs> and when he doesn't have that, I don't know what the hell else you do with him. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, because they developed him as a, you know, this is a guy who is training himself to be the best and he's going to a lie. Every, I, think that's the, I think that's the reason to put him in a Dark Knight sequel. Yeah. But I, I don't know if, I, I just don't know. I mean, look, Tom Hardy is an amazingly charismatic actor. I mean, just so, so. Have you seen Bros, uh, Bronson? Bronson, yeah. Yeah. If you've seen Bronson, you know that he can play this role, and he'll play it with aplomb if he's half as uh, active in it as he is in, uh, as in Bronson. Uh, although, the, the other big thing is the Talia al Ghul reveal, right? Mm-hmm. The big, because that's what the big fight scene that they're shooting with Catwoman and, uh, and Bane, and then Rachel Weisz was on set, right? Because mm-hmm. she's supposedly playing Talia al Ghul, and it's and that was be a it, tie that... back to the... And that's what they were shooting in Pittsburgh on the streets? Right, that's what right. I had heard, yeah. And that Talia al Ghul, that Bane will be working with Talia al Ghul to bring down the bat. Uh, but vengeance for her father or some shit like that. We don't know. We don't Christ. know. Vengeance. Leave it to the Avengers. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the Superman pick that came out? I really like the Superman pick. It was uh-huh. a classic. I like any time that they do... I thought it was on par with that, that Andrew Garfield, the first Spider-Man pick, mm-hmm. where he's doing the classic, like, crouch pose. Right. Like, I've seen Superman do the... It's the one where he's holding the safe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing is Henry Cavill's hair. It really throws me off. They had those pictures of him. He's got, like, big, like, yeah, 80s, he's got, puffy... He's yeah. pretty boy hair. He's, he's got, got pretty boy yeah, hair, but he's got um, the curl, the S-curl, too. It's Jonas Brothers' hair. Yeah, a little it's bit. It's Jonas Brothers' Well, hair. you know whose hair it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, Dark Knight Returns Superman. With like the big flowing mane, yeah. And the, where they, like, where crazy they were doing Reagan, yeah. Where, where it's it makes it look like Reagan, yeah. Right, um, um, but it's good. I, mean, I love the action shot. I love the idea of it. Uh, it's got that Zack Snyder. Everything's kind of dirty and, and like and like put through like a, a like a Photoshop layer. Yes, you know. Um, Although he looks buff enough. Yeah. Oh, certain. But they're keeping a secret from us. Well, I thought it was a really weird choice to have him so small in the picture. Yeah. You know, it's, he doesn't look super big. In the, I mean, Christopher Reeves never looked super huge, but. You know, also, I'm a little depressed because Henry Cavill is the first Superman that's been older than, or younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, you no. always want, like, Batman is still older than me, right. but I think Ryan Reynolds, I think Green Lantern is younger than me now. Yeah. Uh, and Superman's younger than me, and that's So a, who are you going to end trouble. up playing? If, I mean, if that's a race you're who running. Yeah, if playing? that's a race you're running in your own mind, oh, then, then who do you want to play? Uh, I'm Oberon from the JLI. <laughs> <laughs> the short, I'm, I'm Mr. Miracle's handbook. <laughs> 
I can one day I'll be Max Lord. One hopes. <laughs> uh, the Superman picture. The one thing I was thinking of is they strategically put in shadow his undies. Yeah. Is, uh, for the, uh, what for do you the think? New 52, you think? Yeah, I, yeah. What do you think? Part of the New 52 where he's only I wearing honestly, pants? I'm starting to think that the New 52, they, I, I think that redesign might be to match up with the movie next year. Yeah. Superman, the whole thing? Super, well, who I knows? Think, Superman, is he no would, longer wearing red undies? Because I mean, think about would, it. Why would they want, if they're redoing the whole comic book universe and they already had the costume done mm-hmm. when they decided to do this relaunch, why wouldn't they? Well, but the thing is that the the new Fifty Two Superman is like all battle armor, yeah, like Kryptonian, Kryptonian battle armor. If you look really close at the the Cavill picture, it's like uh, like a weird reptilian thing, like a like, it's like, a, the like scales. Suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like uh, um, yeah, exactly like the Spider Man mm-hmm. suit. But it's but it seems yeah. the Spider Man suit seems more designed. That seems like I think they're going for like a Kryptonian weave. Well, did you? Did you, <laughs> uh, you know, you it's, that, 50, like, it's like from a Renaissance fair. Yeah, fifty percent rayon, fifty percent Kryptonian. Did you notice the shield, though, matches up with the shield from the New 52? The yeah. shield is yeah. a bit, the S is a bit bigger in the shield, mm-hmm. and it's not the traditional S shield. It looks like Jim Lee's New 52, so I'm... But there was no collar, right? I didn't see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, because that was cheap. We also got Lawrence Fishburne confirmed as Perry White. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that casting? Because it seemed like on Monday we had Marvel reveal that they were in Ultimate Spider-Man, they are going to make Spider-Man Black Tino. And DC didn't waste any time in being like, well, we got some interracial news, too. We're taking Lawrence Fishburne, Perry White. That's just how they interrupted, too. Yeah. Whoa, 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 major media outlets. Don't don't be throwing yourselves behind Marvel's uh, bandwagon. It's such a weird thing, for the particularly for the Man of Steel casting, which got postponed. So I don't know why we're, I mean, I know why we're still talking about it. Right, right. You know, it's like, uh, I I understand the casting of Superman. I understand the casting of Lois Lane. To an extent, Jonathan Kent, you know. Yeah. Perry White, who the fuck cares? Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's a... Doesn't seem like that would be No, the, the hype of that is like, we're cross-casting, I right. guess. But it's not, I mean... No, we have a, we have a black Nick Fury, who cares? He's fine. You know? Although, let me tell you, this is my new, this is my new hope, and this is probably not going to happen. I really hope that they reveal that Tommy Lee Jones in the Captain America movie is secretly Nick Fury, who has plastic surgery to look like. <laughs> uh, you know, is part of the Sam Jackson is blackface Tommy Lee Jones. I'm sorry, wouldn't you watch that movie? I would totally watch. Like yeah, because listen, we're gonna have to take your eye, but in doing so, we're gonna up. Yeah. Well, that character. I mean, that that my favorite line in cinema this year has been uh, when they, he kills the Hydra. Someone kills the Hydra. And he says, you know, uh, kill one of us and two more grow in his place. Yeah, and he yeah. shoots him in the face and says, find me two more. That's such a Nick Fury line. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the future will bear out my theory. I loved it when the Hydra agent ate his own tooth. That was so <laughs> fucking sweet. He just goes, uh, I was like, holy shit. answer a question for me? Maybe you guys can think why yeah. I didn't. Uh, in Captain America, was Luke, um, Derek Luke, was he not playing young Nick Fury? No, it was no, Gabriel was, Jones, he, right? Yeah, Gabe. He yeah, from the Howling Commandos. Okay. Howling Commandos I never Gabe. heard his name once yeah. Yeah. at all in the film. We, had, we had that same If you problem. know the Howling Commandos, you know he played Gabe, who I yeah. guess is part of like the French Foreign Legion or something like that, or whatever they had. Right. Well, but the, uh, the one thing that we're trying to figure out, and this is because, I mean, this clearly wasn't the case, but we're trying to figure out who the Asian one is on the Helen mm-hmm. Commandos and we're like wouldn't it be cool if that was Jimmy Woo from Agents of Atlas and we like check the credits and like oh, no not quite uh, 
the uh, that that was my big complaint. I said it last week on the show. If Bucky and Cap are gonna fight themselves through train cars, and Gabe's just gonna like be like, "All right, you guys can do that. I'm just gonna run to the front and crash through the sky roof." Like Bucky died because he was dumb. <laughs> like, hey, they they could have just run the whole train and jumped in the sky roof like Gabe did. Yeah. Gabe's like, "Why the fuck did you guys fight your way through cars? I thought we were just gonna crash in and point guns at Armand Zola." Gabe Jones, the sensible Howard Commando. Yeah, the one who actually, the only one who actually needed to get on that train because he got he got, the jo- <laughs> he got the job done without Cap and Bucky. Cap and Bucky were only there for Cap for Bucky to get dropped off the train. Look. It'll be revealed in future Avengers yeah, sequels. I, I, that's my one qualm with the Cap movie uh-huh. was I wanted Bucky on that last plane. I wanted Bucky. Yeah, in that would have been great if he had been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of sequels and ideas, uh, Green Lantern two. DC yes. says f the box office, f the haters. We're gonna go forward with the Green Lantern two movie. Know that I'm not one of those haters. Well, first of all, I find it ironic that we're talking about a superhero whose main power is light and we're trying to make him darker and edgier. Yeah, I'm, I do uh, not agree with this decision. Yeah, it doesn't... Well, it's... So what's the solution? Because you, you were not here nor there on the Green Lantern movie. Right. Uh, what's the solution? I think the solution is to stop worrying about creating a Marvel-style joint universe the way that they were trying to with Amanda Waller and, mm-hmm. you know, and Hector Hammond. And I really think Green Lantern has become so... In the, in the books, in the current books, right. has become so mired in continuity and so mired in the War of Light, and 17 different, I mean, if you if you talk to, if you try to explain to someone what Green Lantern is about now. Your nose will start bleeding. Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, there's these seven cores, and they each have different, you know, they represent the different parts of the emotional spectrum. And, and you know, it's, uh, I think they just need to do a really simple, streamlined, either make it all space cop, which mm-hmm. they see, that was another thing in the article they said, we're gonna do less in space, more on Earth. Yeah, or we're, or we're gonna find a better balance. A better, but Eric but Diaz, that's what that means. one no. of our writers, wrote a suggestion. Uh, he wrote an article suggesting how to improve the Green Lantern movie, and really, like, go go all space or yeah. go something. You know, like keep it on Earth. It's like, no, that's what Batman's for. Yeah. And then if you want the alien perspective of Earth, that's what Superman's for. Throw it in space. You know, have a Green right. Lantern like ring slinging. Space Core. It worked for Star Wars. It, yeah, it worked for a little movie. Have you seen the Star Wars? Have you seen Star Wars I'm before? I'm not familiar. Yeah, uh, it worked for a movie all like space? that. It, yeah. All in space. Not, not only that. But when not, they not land on that. Earth at the end. No, no, not only nope. that. A galaxy far, far away. Wait, And a long on. time ago. Hold on. That's when that shit happened. Well, let me ask you, what do you think the best uh, of, of the established Green Lantern storylines, what do you think would make a good movie? I'll tell you right now. I enjoyed the first Green Lantern movie. It was, it was that entire... I've said it before, Gary Frank and uh, Jeff Johns, did when they did that Secret Origin, mm-hmm. and it was that six-issue miniseries, yeah. they put Sinestro in it, they put uh, they put Hector Hammond in it, I loved it, and that was the movie I got. The the little friend who is kind of like the funny guy, yeah. eh, could have not used him, but right. I thought the Hector Hammond stuff in the Green Lantern movie was so sad when you, when you got him at, you know in a couple scenes where he wants his father's love i loved that stuff i really enjoyed the green lantern movie well there's no but you're right more, there's no, but i think more space well here's the thing there's no way the next one isn't going to be the sinestro core war right like that's got to be it yeah right? I'd, I'd rather it, it i'd rather it not i be mean that. that's why they want to do a trilogy right, right. I, I don't i think the sinestro think? core war would be good for a third, third film yeah that's what i was about but to say i think there should be one film where he's trying to to wield the yellow ring and trying to do it for good reasons and he just loses the battle. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that. Or, or a second movie where, where like going along with what Walton said, a, 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 a second movie where he's trying to save Sinestro, or he's trying to do. You know, they're both like tra- the Emerald Twilight. Yeah, they're both trying. To, they're yeah. both trying to do their own thing in the in the in the world. 
<laughs> and uh, at the end of it, um, Sinestro destroys the city. Look, I have one simple recommendation. <laughs> Jensen Ackles as Guy Gardner. Yeah. I, I would, Guy Gardner. I would buy into that. Um, you, want, you, you love that? Jensen, you you love the, the show. You you watch. I, um, I I try really hard. I watch the episodes that Ben Edlund writes. Right. I watch the episodes that Ben Acker and Ben Blacker write. Right. Uh, you know, I, when someone tells me this is a really good episode of Supernatural, I'll watch it. But I couldn't I couldn't get into the whole. Too many buff guys. It, well, too many no, hot guys. Never too many buff guys. That we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it's. I think he's great. I legitimately think he's great. Jensen I don't, Ackles. Jensen Ackles. Really I don't know why he's not more of a. Name. And you liked him in the, the My Bloody Valentine 3D. I, I, liked everything. Awesome. I liked everything about my bloody Valentine 3D. <laughs> you looking forward to this uh, Shark Island, Shark Week, Shark 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 Shark, shark, night. shark, shark night. night, yeah, Shark Night. Even though everything in the trailer is during the day. <laughs> no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, who's doing that movie? Bait. It's uh, uh, I haven't seen it. No, no, no. no. It was just announced. Matt Kelly, purveyor of all that shit. Uh, I'm, <laughs> have you heard I'm of this bait? For Piranha 3 Double D. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's it's uh, purveyor of all that shit is, is it's, your new name. It's what's his face who did. Uh, uh, American Psycho. Oh, really? Uh, and it's called Bait. What is it? It's called Bait. It's a movie about rich people being thrown, poor people throwing rich people to sharks. Oh shit! <laughs> you, you, were, you you were going to bait as bait, bait to bait is what you're gonna do. <laughs> you're gonna bait to that bait movie. That sounds awesome. Um, I, I have a I have a, a rumor that we put up on the Geekscape.net website, um, and I've heard it elsewhere. They're gonna do. A, they have a good script for a Doctor Strange movie, and post Avengers, they're gonna start widening the universe. We all assume Doctor Strange seems like one that already has a script to it. How the fuck do you do a Doctor Strange movie? And again, keep in mind, two three years ago, we would have been asking this about a Thor movie. What do you think are the best ways to put? To, what, what does a Doctor Strange movie need, and who do you think can deliver it? Question on the floor. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I. The problem is the best Doctor Strange story that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you could never do is an establishing is the Oath, the Brian K. Vaughn, yes. Marcos Martin series. It was an origin story. It was so well done. But it wasn't an. It was no, kind no, no. Of you're right. Movie. You're right. Right. Uh, but it's where he discovers the mansion. Yeah. He, he, he first gets his mansion. There's still like a, like a monster in the mansion. No, 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 no. This is the one where Wong gets cancer, and he realizes that he can't solve Wong's cancer. He I goes, have the Oath. He goes up. Yeah, and he goes up again. It's about the Hippocratic Oath, uh-huh. and he has to try to save Wong. And he's going. It's Doctor Strange versus Major Medical. It's like mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical companies. But you could never do that as a Doctor Strange. And then there was that whole. The, it was the JMS series. That yeah, was the like JMS's one. pitch for. I don't know. I mean, the problem with Doctor the the thing about Doctor Strange, the bits of Doctor Strange that I like are so similar to Tony Stark. You know, mm. the super arrogant surgeon who you know who loses the use of his hands and has to figure it out. Uh, I don't, I, right I, down to the mustache. You're right. Yeah, it's. Um, it needs yeah. that mysticism though, which is counter to everything that's Tony Stark. Well, right. He needs to buy into that mysticism. Instead, just, instead of going towards technology, he's the guy who goes towards mysticism. Who's the sorcerer supreme? Who, who yeah. would play? Play a good Doctor Strange. Yeah. Keep in mind, you can put yourself in the running because oh. you're, you're upset about actors getting older than you. I'm always in the running. Yeah, who's in the running? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, me. Okay. Primarily. So who's gonna play your Doctor, Doctor Strange? Strange? You need someone who's rail thin I okay. mean that's that's the issue he's, he's gotta got, be frail he's, yeah right. he's gotta be and do, maybe does some ninja stuff uh, I don't know and who directs Who's, it directing it in terms of mysticism I mean mysticism look I'll say Joss Whedon on anything but that's that's not an answer <laughs> that's a fucking uh, yeah that, that's, that's a, a given that's a, yeah that's no I mean can geeks. you think of a of like of a mysticism movie of the well, past if, like our magic based movie that was really like well if, if, if this guy um 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Darren Aronofsky's not going to stick to movies. I can't even throw his name in the ring because no, if he's, he's going to if he's going to abandon us on a Wolverine, gonna. I can't be saying that because because really a Doctor upsetting. Strange a Doctor Strange movie has to kind of look like that. <laughs> has like, to look like uh, what you call it? That, that movie that he did, yeah, the Fountain. Yeah, the Fountain. Like a Doctor Strange movie has to have this crazy shit in it. Like you you right. you, you have to go in there and make sure you have to be thinking around. But drugs. it's got to be the, it's got to be the notion of. Like, I don't know if you read Mark Wade's Doctor Strange. He did like a, it was like last year, he did like a little four-off where he's training. It was after he was no longer Sorcerer Supreme and he was training a new Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to do it, you know, because as is evident, I mean, it's, it's back and forth, right? It's the same thing with the Green Lantern movie. You want it all in space versus some on Earth. I think the thing about Thor that was successful was the grounding elements in, uh, in conjunction with the big Asgardian, mm-hmm. whatever. I think you just want to see him fighting crazy magic demons on yeah. earth you and know Dormammu, and make it really it should be like dormammu comes to earth yeah or you want like but you wanted to have like a like a sort of great you want to have a more realistic feel than mm-hmm. than you know going out and going to the dark dimension and fighting mm-hmm. you know mindless yeah throw a name in there yeah um the only good part of transformers was patrick dempsey and oh I know... wait let me write that down and submit it I, I i know yeah he did Grey's anatomy i don't know if he'd want to play a surgeon per se but like I honestly think he has what it takes to play that cockiness at first, get taken down a peg or two, like me falls, and then, <laughs> and then have to fight his way back. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, Patrick Dempsey, it stinks that the Wachowski brothers already did sort of a balance between reality and strange reality. And Met, Speed Met, Racer. Uh, well, in Matrix. Oh, okay. Uh, the, oh, I, I, I'm not familiar. I like Speed Racer. I love Speed you Racer. You don't fucking front Speed, Speed Racer. Racer is one of the best, that's the best Speed, Midnight movie I've ever been to. Speed Racer is the best Mario Kart adaptation I've ever seen. Ooh. I fucking Wait, love uh, Speed Racer. Who's the guy from Lost that was in Speed Racer? He wouldn't be bad. Oh, Matthew Strange Fox either. wouldn't be bad. Matthew yeah, Fox, Matthew Fox yeah. would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Playing that's a pretty good. who's disgraced and goes to an island. Wait. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, like that matters. Doctor Strange, as opposed to yeah. you wait, know, Doctor Strange. Just an adaptation. Doctor Strange, <laughs> Strange oh, grows a beard and tries to throw himself into an LA reservoir. <laughs> like, let's not have that. Um, all right, we're, we're we're talking about a little bit of TV. Let me go to another um, interview. We actually had uh, who handled this Thundercast? That was Molly. That was uh, Molly and Ben. Molly and Ben talked to the uh, who are the, the creators behind the Walt- creators behind the new Thundercats, and uh, Molly got to talk to Emmanuel Chiriki. Oh. Uh, I'm saying that wrong. Cricky. Cricky. However you say her name. It's pronounced the, Hernandez. <laughs> Jones? The, the hot girl from Snow Day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they got to talk to Thundercats, uh, the, the people behind Thundercats. Let's go to that, and then we'll come back and get Frank's thoughts on the new Thundercats series. Emmanuel Shrieky, uh, who plays Shitara on Thundercats. Hi. Hello. So, um, were you a fan of the original series? I just wasn't familiar with the original series. Not that I wasn't a fan. I'd heard of it. I never watched it. Okay. So what kind of research did you do t- to create the Shitara character? Um, you know, I was saying this to somebody else down the line. It's really difficult. When you're doing, um, when you're redoing something that's already been done, you know, you definitely don't want to imitate so it, I, it's useless for me to watch previous episodes of how someone else might have played Chitara. So sort of myself and the cast and the director, Andrea Romano, we kind of just like figure it out and we do it. And that's how we do. Okay. 
And uh, you're, of course, well known for your role on Entourage. Uh, how does it feel to do voice acting versus live action where you're able to interact more with your co-stars? I love doing voice work. It's so fun. Yeah, it's actually very liberating. It's another way to be creative. And it's uh, so completely not about what you look like, which is incredibly liberating. Um, you know, listen, I've never ever in live action gotten to play a character as fierce as Chitara. So I'm thrilled to be doing it in an animation. <laughs> so you say your Chitara is fierce. What else can you tell us about your uh, iteration of Chitara? I mean, she's, you know, she's great. She's, I mean, she's what she was. It's not that different. The, the show itself isn't that different from what it was, I'm told, by the experts. Um, it's really not. Like, I think that the fans will be really pleased. I don't think there'll be um, too much disappointment about it. So, you know, it's just that, if anything, it seems to me that Chitara is more integral in this time than the original. Okay. Uh, do you feel like Chitara is a strong female role model for young girls that will be watching the show? Definitely. I mean, she basically makes it seem like there is no difference between being a boy and a girl. She's as fast, as strong, as smart. It's like she's right there with them. Okay, awesome. And I have one last question. How fast do you think Chitara runs? <laughs> Speed of light. <laughs> Spalding, a producer of Thundercats. So, um, how? Um, what, okay, uh, how, is this more of a reboot or a reimagining? It's a reimagining. It's not, it's not necessarily a reboot. We're keeping a lot of the elements from the original show in this. We're just rearranging, you know, playing with that. And, um, yeah, so it's not a total reboot. So. How do you feel uh, fans of the original series will react to, to this? Do you think they'll be able to watch it, or is it more for the next generation? It, hopefully it's for both, you know. It's for the people who remember the original show, and it's also for the new kids that don't know anything about Thundercats. So I think hopefully if we played our cards right, we get both. We get both of them. So, so I've been told that in this version, Snarf is not a talking character. What was the why, why that decision? That decision came because in the original show, Snarf was pretty annoying. Like an, old, like an old grandmother, you know, yelling at the kid, you know, telling him Lionel what to do. Um, so we, we took that into consideration, and Snarf will talk, but in just animal sounds, like cat-like, alien cat sounds. And much like Chewbacca or R2-D2, Lionel will understand what Snarf is saying. So. And uh, what was the decision to, to leave it on Thundera rather than going to uh, Ur Third Earth? Well, it, is, it actually is on Third Earth. So th but the Thundera planet we, we tossed out, and that's just the name of the kingdom that we start off with is called Thundera. That's where the Thundercats live, so. Uh, so do you have any cats? And did they inspire the, the reason for your producing of the show? Uh, I grew up with cats. I don't, I don't have one right now, currently, but their mannerisms and stuff, we were looking at for this new one. So we're trying to get a little more animal quality, see with the eyes, you know, the glowing, glowing eyes at night and um, some aspects of the animal we thought would be cool to bring. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, who's your favorite Thundercat, if I may ask that? I think Panthro. I think Panthro is my favorite, just because the nunchucks are cool and his attitude. You know, he's really 
he's the he's the veteran um, warrior of the group, and um, I don't know. I just gravitate toward his design and his attitude. I think he's really cool. So awesome. Well, I, I believe I'm running out of time. So thank you so much for this interview. Thank you. Chuck full of content this Geekscape, isn't it? Uh, Frank, you've seen the new Thundercats. What do you think of it? I thought it was really rad. I mean, it's straight up, uh, straight up hero's journey. You were a fan of the, the original or not so much? I was a fan of the style of animation of the original. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you compare uh, Thundercats to He-Man, right. roughly the same time, roughly the same concept, let's sell toys with cartoons set in castles. Um, I mean, it's very much anime influenced, and you see that same influence in the new series. Very, I think we were talking earlier that it's pretty similar to... Uh, to uh, um, Last Airbender. Last Airbender, exactly. Which is the shit. Which is an amazing series. Yeah. But I like... Movie, the, movie, just shit. fucking shit. That fucking movie. I, you know what's a good idea? Let's put 22 half hours into an hour and a half movie. Yeah. yeah that's, that's not true. Right of that's, not, not, that's not even the problem with <laughs> that Airbender movie. I'm, I'm so glad you know it's that not. I came on Geekscape to argue movies that I saw a year and a half no, ago. No, let me... <laughs> no, no, no. This is relevant This is Geekscape. Recency. This is Geekscape. Because we got this Legend of Korra coming on, and that yes. fucking trailer made me crazy. It's I love amazing. it. It's fantastic. But th this Thundercats, would I enjoy it simply because I like the last Airbender, or what elements are new? Uh, well, I mean, it's more of a, uh, it's more of a sword and sorcery mm -hmm. element as opposed to, you know, the spiritual, the Buddhism. I do like that. Uh, but it is, it's all, you know, it's young prince trying to, you know, prove himself worthy. Mm -hmm. It's great. I mean, it's, it's a really solid hero. It's a hero's journey story. Mm -hmm. Uh, and something that, uh, and we were talking about earlier, the same thing, uh, Cartoon Network seems hell bent on taking these old properties and turning them into serialized stories. They're doing the same thing with Scooby-Doo. They're doing that thing with same thing with Thundercats. I think this is a really good time to be into animated serialized storytelling. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's all just, I mean, look, it's all just Harry Potter. Right? It's all going to end up it's on a Blu-ray later of, yeah, that you exactly. can catch up with, which was the best way to watch these things. Yeah. You know? Or on, Nef uh, on Netflix, Netflix or whatever. The last Airbender on Netflix was one of the best things that ever happened. And, and are they, they're doing it with Scooby-Doo as well? Yeah, Scooby it's not just one-offs. No, it's a serialized, an overarching story where they're uh, sussing out clues from Mr. E about oh. a previous group of mystery-solving teens. Uh, mysteries voiced by Lewis Black, which seems really incongruous <laughs> when you hear Lewis Black in every episode of Scooby-Doo. And, uh, uh, and it's about what happened to a previous group of crime-solving teenagers uh, and their mascot parrot that talked. Uh, <laughs> and Patrick Warburton plays the sheriff uh -huh. in every episode. Those, so like, Scooby-Doo is worth watching. I think so. It's no Adventure Time, but it's it's oh, right. it's up there. Holy shit! Yeah. All right, I'll get the DVR well, set. It's you no, know you said it. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. I'm into this idea. I'm gonna watch that. Watch a couple. I'm gonna watch the Thundercats first, though. You should do that. Um, Although that's not available anywhere. If you try to, I tried to find it on iTunes. You have to have a TiVo. They don't have it really? on iTunes. They yeah. don't have it on Hulu. They don't have it anywhere. They don't have it on their own website. On the website, they have, they have the trailer. Yeah, but w not the new stuff. So WB.com is a good place to bone up on the old episodes, but the new episodes, you got to DVR I've been looking left and right, yeah. Oh, shit. All right. I caught it on a, on a repeat, but... I got to catch it. Um, guys, uh, we were talking about superhero movie sequels. Thor 2, the news is that Brian Kirk, one of the directors of Game of Thrones... Uh, have you watched Game of Thrones? I've not yeah, watched it. Love it's Game fucking of awesome. You like it too. Love Game. It was. It's the only HBO series that I've been able to watch as it went along for the mm -hmm. first season. Usually, I have to watch the entire first season of an HBO show on DVD, and then I'll catch up. On right. It. But this one is like every. I had to watch. It's it. It's awesome. Well, it's just all plot. Right. I mean, it's all propulsion and moving forward. I'm like, oh my god. 
but yeah, it's fantastic. I think that's actually a really great choice for a Thor 2. Okay. Depending on what kind of storyline they do. All right. Oh, okay. I was going to submit uh, Wes Anderson as a suggestion, but I guess no. Um, uh, all right. Look, Heimdall is not a word. It's a sentence. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I figure he's like, he's like so hard up about Jane Foster at the end of Thor. Like maybe just have an entire like movie where, where Thor is just like looking at like crooked paintings and straining at them huh. in Asgard. Is this that you know Josh Whedon's Avengers movie? <laughs> the, the, All them living in a big mansion yeah. in New York City? It should, no? just, it should just be Thor walking around like, like, uh, like walking around Asgard being like, it should be the quirky like family. With a headband. It's a quirky family being like, being like, remember Loki? I think of Loki all the time. Music plays. It Here's just the thing. Sucks. Did you see the video uh, Wes Anderson directs Spider-Man that someone did? No, yes, I did see that. It's literally the first yeah. Spider-Man movie if Wes Anderson had directed it. And he was <laughs> using clips from the first movie? No, it's literally actors dressed as like, uh, I think it was like uh, Jason Schwartzman as Peter Parker. Peter Parker has like a long <laughs> scarf. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, you say literally. Is it Jason Schwartzman? Is it Jason video? Schwartzman? No, no, it's not. It's, well, it's, it's not literally. literally. <laughs> okay, it's not... It's figuratively. Actually, you know Jason my bad grammar and writing. Matt Kelly, isn't there some '80s horror movie you should be researching at this moment? This okay, okay, already. okay, got it. <laughs> um, speaking of Spider-Man, uh, what do you think about this Marvel Ultimate Universe Black Spider-Man, uh, Black Tino Spider-Man? I I think it's fantastic. I think it's really a great thing, particularly for the Ultimate Marvel Universe, because I. <laughs> Because you can do whatever you want in that universe, it doesn't count. No, I, 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 have, I have strong feelings. I started reading comic books again with Ultimate Spider-Man, mm -hmm. with the first Ultimate Spider-Man trade. And the thing, the through line, when Ultimate Spider-Man is working, it's about a teenager. Right. You know, it's, teen, it's teenage superhero comics at its best. It's not about, you know, fighting the Green Goblin or fighting Doc Ock. It's about what he's going to do in high school and how he's balancing dating Kitty Pride mm -hmm. while still being in class with Mary Jane. I mean, that's... A great story and it's all about uh it's always been a very believable story about what compels a person to do this and i think the through line i mean regardless of race mm. uh i don't know if you're reading ultimate fallout or the storyline when, yeah. when it got to ultimatum i literally was like this is a good jumping off point yeah. i'm gone and i let the train keep but here's going. the thing that's when ultimate spider-man got good again because it started following about it started uh following the high school uh and now johnny storms in high school mm -hmm. with, and bobby and uh bobby drake is in high school with Peter Parker and yeah, they make it Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Right. Well, the whole storyline—it's the the new Spider-Man. It's essentially kick-ass. Mm -hmm. It's a guy who really respects Spider-Man, who has spider powers, saying turn, essentially turning Spider-Man into a legacy character. Right. It's like I saw this guy. This guy inspired me to be something. So there's that whole metal level of you know. Who was that person for you in your life, Frank? That person for me in my yeah, life. Who was that? Uh, that was um, J.R. Ewing from Dallas. Okay. Uh, Got it. No, but I think I mean I think it's uh, I I think it's a good move. I think I'm gonna help you complete that and find a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, we're gonna give you... I think it's over politicized. I'll survive uh, <laughs> and come up with another series twenty years later. Also, you know this, right? <laughs> yeah. Dallas is not a yeah. Um, I think. Look, my dad read Superman comics, and he was an immigrant, uh, mm -hmm. and that really spoke to him. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about seeing in this culture that we live in seeing a superhero and wanting to be regardless of whether you're black or latina uh etc he read my did you not read my essay i did oh oh i thought was... it was an excellent essay oh thank you there's i assume that's why i assume no, no. that's why you invited me on i'm but, the person but, but, who but, read but your it essay. sounds like you're, you're you're talking about things that um you're talking about things that i was echoing in my yeah. article and i was like oh i thought okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so wait 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 hold on Jonathan wanted to make sure you're having an original thought. No, no. no, 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 no. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, no, but but I'm glad you agree with what no, I, I said. I thoroughly you know? agree. 
I throw the, ar- the article's up on Geekscape.net if you want to read it. It's just a little thing. Uh, the only thing that I the the thing that throws me off right. is the two for nature. <laughs> what? What do you mean? We got a black, half black, but he's also yeah, half yeah, yeah, Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. The, the same thing with pa- the new Power Man. The same we thing. We can cover that. two bases at once. I mean, that's the thing. It's the politi- It's the politicized nature of it. Just, do you, just say he's black, or just do say you he's think Hispanic, Marvel is, is envisioning blacks and Hispanics walking into a comic store for the first time because of this decision? Because what I'm no, saying is, I it's mean, never about that. The lightning rod was useless in that point. No, it's tr- uh, look. I think the intent is uh, the intent is better than the actual practice of it you know i I, if we were living in a world where kids went into comic book shops Mm -hmm. you know and said let me get spider-man it's great but you know kids don't go into comic shops people like you and i whose actors are getting younger yeah exactly being like superheroes and we sit there and we go oh here's but it's that aspirational i mean look this is a great and maybe it will hopefully it will it certainly seems like a better tactic than the new 52 i think to get new people into why'd you bring that shit up Uh (laughs) uh-huh got it well, no, it's the same. It's right. I, I mean, if we're, we're talking about a time where the big two have major press releases politicizing something, you mm-hmm. know, or or trying to get. I mean, these are both ways of getting new readers. At what point do they realize that the spinner racks were the best way to get new readers? Seven Eleven. The best. Re- yeah. I mean, not, not even Seven well, Eleven. That's, like, that's where my spinner rack was when I was a kid. But you didn't. Yeah, but you didn't yeah. go grocery shopping in a Seven Eleven with your mom. You went to grocery shop with it at an H E like a like a like a sure, like a sure, like, sure. A, like a Safeway or something. Mm-hmm. That that's where these spinner racks that I'm talking about. Like right. like bring back the spinner rack, and I don't mean throw it in with the magazines. A spinner rack where it's an impulse buy sell through. Mm-hmm. That's how I got into comics. Was my dad gave, giving us allowances, and we went and we we each spent our allowance on one comic, and then we trade we we sh- traded the three comics around and. Well, that was the league, but you also have to get, have a good balance of one-offs in, for, in right. order for the spinner act. Yeah, yeah well, every every comic somebody's first comic, and Joe sure. Casada said that a lot. Sure, it, whether or not that's been practiced too much, and you know, in fear itself, not so much. But it, whether or not it's been practiced is one thing. But every comic is somebody's first comic. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's, I think that's where you get these new readers, not in these press releases when it's never been about race. Look, to my mind, the way you get new readers these days is actually that that old Barnes and Noble tactic putting the ultimate Spider-Man, the complete, you know, n- new readers are picking up trades. If you're going right. to have serialized storylines, then that's the only way to pick okay. up the new readers is by publicizing Get the trades. trades. Okay. You know, that that was trades. the really smart thing about the DC Earth-1, you know, for whatever you think about that Earth-1 Superman, the Earth-1 Batman mm-hmm. thing. I mean, that's smart. It's a new Superman story. Mm-hmm. That's six issues, I think, or, I mean, it was kind of slight, but it, it's a full story and you get it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way to get people in and say, oh, well, I like this. I mm-hmm. should go in more. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a sample. It's the same thing they do with, like, sale comics on Comixology. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, here's, you uh, know, Mark cent, Wade's yeah. entire Flash run for, for free. $5. They do, like, one and, issue yeah. for free. Yeah. I, I was looking on Comixology mainly to see that Super Action Man wasn't on Comixology, which had me a little bit weirded out. I'll work, do what I I'll do. I just, I just draw yeah. it on my iPad. <laughs> I just draw it on your iPad. Oh, but you're right. I don't give people Watchmen as their first comic. I give no. them Superman for all seasons or something like that. Yeah. You know? um, Can I make a point? Though? Go make a point, please. You brought up Barnes and Noble. It, to for them to say they're targeting younger readers now and everything, I think is a bit disingenuous because ultimately that's what cost Borders their entire business model because they they say financially they started focusing on teen novels. And focusing on manga, mm-hmm. and it was all adults going into bookstores, and so they just had shelves upon shelves of these things that didn't really apply to their base, yeah. and it sunk them. 
Yeah, I mean, aren't young people just aren't young well, people just fucking morons? No, that's true. Like, don't go into bookstores at all. Yeah, they got some young like, British Superman. Like, like how that's do you get the money out of these morons? You, out of these fucking idiots? Well, you want me to tell you? <laughs> yeah, how do you get these idiots yeah. money? Uh, Sex. Yeah. Put titties in them books. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, answer Walton. No, no, no. I'm being I, I, no, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's a totally logical thing. All I know is from my personal experience. Whenever I walked into a Barnes, this was the only time. I saw kids looking at new comic books. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in the stores. I don't see it in, you know, uh, magazine shops or, or, you know, even... And I feel like a lot of people... I think comiXology is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think comiXology, you know, you could just... The ease of it, you know, because right. not everyone has an LCS. Uh, but the, the, uh, the only time I saw new kids being like, oh, yeah, what's this about? We're in those, you know, small manga... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a matter of expanding them, obviously... Obviously, Barnes and Noble isn't in a position to expand anything these days. Right. But uh, you know, just uh, it's—I mean, it's the age-old debate of the accessibility of a local comic book shop. Well, isn't there something to be said about the serialization of comic books ultimately being what made it an older person's game? Because yeah. the one shots were easier. A, a single story is much easier for a kid to read, get into, mm-hmm. and it's also an easier sell to your parents. It's, it's the first, the, like you're saying, like the first one can be free. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think, and certainly, I think limited series are great for that too. You know, like, uh, like you get a lot of these, you know, done in three trades, kids books. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, I think the, uh, the thing is, comics really have to learn a lot from television these days, because if you look at ser- quote unquote serialized television, you have a standalone issue, a standalone with a beginning, middle, and end, that. Uh, also feeds into a larger season-long arc. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. They tried to do that with Buffy season eight, whether it succeeded or failed. You know, that's a different matter. But I think there's, I think there's a very simple way. Uh, I mean, the the Thor uh, Mighty Avenger book mm-hmm. was a great example of this. Every issue was a kid-friendly, self-contained story, but it also fed into a larger narrative. Granted, that book was canceled after fourteen issues. But I think if line-wide you can get something like that, you know, because the other thing is kids are craving sophistication. Kids want to seem like they're more adult. And so they see the serialized thing as, yeah, you... you, Kids are... But but we never had our books dumbed down. Like, we were reading... We were reading... uh, Like, I was reading the... uh, The the Burn X-Men, and and it wasn't dumbed down to me. It was, like... Pregnant with some fucking well, I mean, heavy hold on. shit. Hold on, you we went I mean? through like the Vietnam of the nineties, nineties <laughs> <laughs> well, comic well, books. Well, like, I guess Spiral's well, back. Well, not that. Not, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, like late, eight, like like when we were transitioning, when the X Men were all supposedly killed in Dallas. Reading that right. and being like, holy shit, Frank Miller's Wolverine. Right. Like, holy shit, like seeing that first image, like that stuff wasn't dumbed down to us. The violence yeah. wasn't t- dumbed down to us. But you're, but, but trust me, that first that that miniseries of Wolverine goes to Japan. Was one of my intros to the X Men, but that's exactly and it. it. Was perfect, but that's exactly it. It's a miniseries. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a limited, no, it's a self-contained it. story that I can. I know if I can find this issue and four right. other issues, as opposed to if I need to find nine hundred and eighty-nine issues of mm-hmm. Action Comics. You know, I understand. I understand the the logic behind it. If they legalize marijuana, would you agree with them packaging weed with comics in order to sell them? As long as they're self-contained packages. Okay, and you actually take the comic and you roll it and smoke it at the as end. As long as I don't have. Well, to yeah, obviously. Hold on, you guys the, don't. The weed's not serialized. Okay. No, that that trip doesn't. Because I'm thinking like that first one hit. free could work. The first one free. Yeah. It gets them hooked on. Okay, it, it, that's what I'm thinking. Think parents have a lot to do with it too. You though. shut the. Where are your parents? Your parents well, sent like, you out to here and die. Well, when I worked at a comic book shop, more often than not, when this I guy see little for a living. 
more often than not, when I'd see a little kid come into the store, he would touch a comic, and the mom, or the dad or the mom who was there to buy their comics would go, don't touch that. <laughs> and it's like, what is that message sending that kid who actually yeah. wants to start reading when the parent is screaming at them because they're worried about them ripping a $3 book and having to pay? You, you don't have to listen to him. He's just projecting his own parents' hatred for him. I understand. It's a, a hatred fic- I It was a fictitious uh, story what he just introduced. I get it. He said, my parents used to fucking hit me when I touched comics. Mm-hmm. And, now I, and now I'm illiterate. That's now, just make and now I just touch myself. More. Yeah. Uh, That's they just going to yeah. make the kid go, yeah. ooh, I can't No, but I, think, I do think the parents, I mean, parents walking into a local comic book shop as, as often as that happens. I mean... I, th- I think it's a lot about, you know, what parents knew were good for them. I mean, certainly, I mean, we all our parents were around with comics, you know. So if, you know, think about Archie books, right? Mm-hmm. Like a parent knows an Archie book is good and safe to buy. That you still buy at grocery right. stores at the checkouts. Yep. That's right. You know, you know that that is good. Wholesome. You don't have to worry about anything. They need to put, put in like the Spider-Man there. What do you think about, let's talk about number ones real quick. That Punisher number one and Daredevil number one. I really like Daredevil's uh, done by Mark Wade. That's the one I read. Love Daredevil That was pretty one. awesome. Yeah. How's Greg Rucka's Punisher? I thought Greg Rucka's Punisher is really good. There's not a lot of, you don't get a, you get an idea of the tone, but you don't get an idea of, the Punisher's not the main character in the book. It's one of these I'm like, not buying that shit. Circling, circling, you know, like, he shows up and you don't get an idea. It's a bunch really of hoods like issue. talking about the Punisher. No, it's, it's a cop trying to cover for the fact that it's a huge shootout at the Cloisters in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was the Cloisters. No, that's Daredevil. It's, Daredevil, the wedding Daredevil was in the Cloisters. Was in the Cloisters yeah. Uh, no, it was a huge shootout in a public park in New York, uh, and it's this cop trying to uh, trying to explain how he killed seven hoods by himself when he, really he didn't. The Punisher showed up, and it's the relationship. It seems like the book's going to be the relationship between this cop. And the Punisher, which is great coming from Greg Rucka. Yeah, I mean, it, Greg Rucka's detective book was a lot about. I it. joke about it, but Greg Rucka, if he writes it, I'll read it. Yeah, is, I mean, is the cop being played by Louis Gossett Jr.? Hold that on. would be huge. There, there <laughs> is. Hold on. Here's the thing. There's a detective. Uh, the detective and the officer that are in it look like Morgan Freeman and. Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt from Seven. That's funny. Like he's wearing like the Morgan Freeman detective is wearing like the straw fedora. And who's, who's doing the artwork? It's um, shit. He just did Avengers. Uh, uh, and he's awesome. Yeah, it's an amazing, it's a beautiful looking okay, book. I can't shit. remember his damn name. Uh, but how da- hard is it to screw up Daredevil, though? Right. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, you <laughs> saw the movie. You saw the movie. I, th- I think Daredevil works with so many themes What's that it is. Mo- no, here we're gonna get into this. What's no. wrong with the movie? You tell me. Uh, Aside from the love scene, ignore the lo- that that. The that majority scene. of the movie. I mean, I, you keep in mind I have the director's cut, and I like the director's cut. I it's like a better, it's a better too. movie, and in the movie is something that I'm like, ah, it's okay, it, it's good. What kept it from being what we think of now today as a Marvel comic movie? Right. Like, come on, man. They're having a fight scene on a fucking playscape in the middle of the day. So much for your secret identity. Blind guy who the neighborhood knows as the blind guy. I like, always, always kind of really wanted to see a version of Daredevil that was like Lars and the Real Girl. Right. You know, <laughs> where everyone's walking around and he's like, I'm a superhero. And then everyone's like, just go along with it. He's blind. Yeah. Actually, it, it tried to tackle too much. That Does that make sense that I think Daredevil tried to tackle too much? But Daredevil, in it, like having a good, I mean, I've said it before in a million years on this, but having that duality between a guy who works within law enforcement and a vigilante, let's have a Daredevil serialized on television done by the guys behind Dexter, and we'll be happy. You know, and and I mean, and then have Karen Page be the love interest. You don't have to o- overcomplicate things with Elektra and well, all Well, but this that's stuff. that's what they're doing. I mean, Marvel Marvel TV had those yeah. huge announcements at Comic Con yep. with like Alias, AKA, AKA Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones yeah. and uh, Cloak and Dagger and Hulk, and yeah, I think 
I'm still I'm still shocked that we don't have a Heroes for Hire series. Mm-hmm. I still think a Heroes for Hire series is the biggest no-brainer of any television right. idea ever. Uh, but anyway. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Adult Swim, which we haven't talked about at all. I just That was an awful segue. Um, <laughs> Adult Swim has new shows coming out. They've got um, a new season of Children's Hospital. They've also got this funny, funny fucking show called NTSF colon SD colon SUV, which I'm in. Sears show. Get out of here now. Because no, they shot, they, they shot, they shot a scene at Comic Con. Okay, and you're a, in it. Oh yeah, I was in the panel. I was in the panel, and they were like, "Yeah, it's like Martin Starr comes out, and Paul Shears like shooting." It's like they took their entire panel time. They had like 20 minutes of panel time to just shoot a scene uh, where they're taking the. It's the the premise of the episode. I think is they're taking uh, the. Um, they're going. To, they're trying to make San Diego. Uh, they're trying to move Cam- Comic Con to Toronto. Uh-huh. And Martin St- or someone's character, I forget who the bad guy was, grabs the a pre-release copy of The Hobbit uh-huh. and says, "Come on, nerds, we're all going to Toronto, <laughs> the new Comic Con." They had they, they, they had just to took stop the or something. They just had the entire uh, the entire panel was just that them shooting a scene. That's fucking that awesome. Make more sense. So everybody was in costume. Yeah, and they were planning stuff. And yeah. we heard all this, and we're like. Oh, they're going to do a big production. Cool. Yeah. I did yeah. not know they were shooting a scene. So we have the interviews that Meg Turney did uh, with the with the folks behind Adult Swim, uh, promoting NTSF as the SUV and the upcoming season of Children's Hospital. And we'll be right back after you watch those interviews. Hello, I'm here with Martin Starr for NTSF. SD SUV. There's a lot of colons in there. You just throw as many in there. You just throw them all at the end. It's not proper punctuation. I hear that people have gotten a lot of uh, bull for it. Really? Can you take something like that title seriously enough to get upset about colons? Maybe. Just a knowing nod. And <laughs> some people just don't like Cohen. Colons. Cohens. I like the, the, the Cohens. You don't like? Are you are you gonna air some no, <laughs> some dirty laundry? No, I have no dirty laundry. That accident, that was a that was a mishap. It was a Freudian slip, and now we no, know all about Freudian. how you feel about the Coens. No, put subtext under my words. I'm just telling the truth. Okay. You're just upset I got it out of you. That's what she said. Wait a second. Why would you be upset she got it out of you? I don't know. Not that upset. No. So let's get back to your show. How did you get involved with NTSF, blah, 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 colon, colon? I've known Paul for a while, and uh, we uh, well, he just threw the idea out that, that he was working on him. And you said genius, colon, colon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like fun. Do you watch crime dramas? Um, yeah, no. Nah, not a lot of them, no. I've seen a couple here or there. You know, what's the rape show? NCIS. They're all rape shows. I don't know oh, if you've watched wow. any of them. You said the word rape. Is that your, that was, you're going to tell me about the Coens and then get me to say rape and then just go <laughs> yeah, on your merry way? See you guys later. <laughs> right. Great, go thanks. comic on. <laughs> <laughs> I made Who's that joke that? this morning. No. <laughs> I totally did. I'm a total loser. Wait, are you by proxy calling me a total no, loser I having mean, made that no, joke? I mean, like, I'm, I, Martin, you can I leave. Stole, okay. No, no. <laughs> How many times can I get Martin to walk out of my interview? This is I stole, our new I stole your joke, that's why. No, 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 no. It was a fabulous joke. Great minds think alike. Oh, right. Okay. Fantastic. So, what was your favorite bit so far from the show? What? Have you done anything on the show that was really exciting? or? We haven't started filming yet. You haven't filmed anything yet? No. Oh, wow. Just the fantastic billboard? Yep. Have you seen it? We filmed the billboard. You filmed it? Yeah. It's moving. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, what? No, it's not. I'm, I'm lying. Okay. That's not cool. <laughs> princess Leia doesn't lie. You got me to say rape. I'm clearly not the Princess Leia you thought I was. And you have a butt cheek hanging out. 
I don't remember her. <laughs> no, no, we're not just going to walk out of the center. <laughs> it was wonderful to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Enough, yeah, absolutely. Bye. Who doesn't want to end it on a, a butt cheek? Who does? Nobody. That was a little bit dirty. All right. Hey, guys, I'm here with Brandon Johnson. You play Alphonse? I do play Alphonse. And TSF. And SUV. Nicely I did my done. homework. That's very nicely done. <laughs> it's it's a mouthful. It took a long time for all of us to say it. In the cast, we would just look at each other and sort of say, you know, the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say the title. Right. Do you shorten it now? You're just like, yeah, the SUV one. No, I have to practice saying it a lot. So. Can you say it five times fast? Yeah, I can. NTSFSDSUV, 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 and you can fill in the rest. <laughs> and that's as far as that goes. You're going to have to pay me for the rest of that. I mean, it's going to be a short interview, so. We're going to cut all that down. We're just going to make you mess up. We're going to edit it. It's going to be very jumpy. <laughs> I hope so. How did you get involved in the show? Luckily, uh, Paul Shear is um, uh, a New Yorker who came to Los Angeles, and once he got out there, uh, I, I saw that he was a super talented person, so I quit my job at BET, um, I was doing craft services, and uh, I hooked up with him. Is that really how it happened? No. no. <laughs> I mean, listen. Craft I was... services at BET? Who would leave that job? <laughs> Amazing. Of course they do. What are you saying? I don't know him. I don't know him. I do not know him. We, we don't hire people like that in our, our network. So is this your first Comic-Con? This is my first Comic-Con. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I finally feel like I found a home. It's like Burning Man for nerds, even though Burning Man is also for nerds. Yes. For nerds that do things that most of the nerds here probably don't do. That's true. That's true. Although I have seen a bunch of naked nerds, so it's kind of the same thing. This is the one time a year that they're like, People will accept me. <laughs> I'm one of them, so I have to say, you know, like I said, it feels like home to me. Right. Um, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz, and I feel like the Cowardly Lion, and I'm like, I'm going to get a heart if I go into that convention hall. <laughs> the Cowardly Lion wanted courage, right? Yeah, but he also Tin wanted Man wanted the heart. Let's take that one. You're wrong. Yeah, yeah, let's go from the top. I really feel like... Uh, I'm that jerk that just corrected you in the middle of the interview. <laughs> you don't mess with Wizard of Oz. I happen to be an expert. Something tells me you know more about Wizard of Oz than me. But I really do feel like the Tin Man, who is going to go into the convention hall and then get a heart. I Obviously, hope you do the... Will you do the robot now? <laughs> I will not do the robot. No? You can't oh. say something about the Tin Man this and not not the, do the robot. This is not the David Allen Greer show. <laughs> you not be doing bits from the 80s. E.T. and then David Allen Greer. <laughs> Fantastic. So your first Comic-Con, it's really the first day of the craziness. Yesterday was the first day, but it was pretty small. What are you looking forward to seeing besides doing press? I'm looking for some of the comic book people to fight some of the WWE people that are here. There's a lot of different types of nerds here at Comic-Con. Wrestling nerds, cooking nerds, and I really want to see what the gang activity is going to be like. BET, Dave and Ellen Greer, gang activity. What are you trying to do to this interview? <laughs> trying to make Comic-Con harder. <laughs> Comic-Con. Actually, I went to Artist Alley, and one of the rows is named Murder Row. I believe that, it's, but it's for the game, I think. No, 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 no. It's artists that got together, Murderer's Row. You should go over there and then start talking crap about another aisle and then start a war. Maybe I'll get a free T-shirt. That's the thing. When you come gang to warfare equal T-shirt. Okay, all right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. It was Great wonderful to, to talk to you. Hey, guys, I'm here with John Gwyn. No, Curtis, no, Curtis Gwyn. I got it backwards because I got so excited about saying a Gwyn. That's okay. We don't know your name either. Yeah, what's my name? Uh, Le Le Rumpelstiltskin. Leia, Leia. <laughs> obviously. 
I'm so sorry. Curtis no, no, Quinn, no, no, no. John Stern. Congratulations, first Wait, of all. Wait, what is your name? Meg, nice Meg. to meet you. Yeah, it's wonderful. Really we should have done this. You just made fun of my costume, and then and then we jumped we right into it. Made fun of your costume. You have the hive mind of backing up each other immediately. We love the costume. So welcome to Comic. Is this your first Comic Con? It's my second. I was here last year promoting a show that I will be again promoting this year, Children's Hospital. Oh, yeah, I, that's been super successful, so congratulations on all of that. Well, you can ask me about that in about an hour when we come back around. I think I will actually be at that press line, so fantastic. Um, but thank you, but that is not uh, off the topic because Children's Hospital helped lay the groundwork for NTSF. Absolutely. Which we follow directly. Um, we try and be in the same family of show, like Adult Swim calls it genre parody, but a completely different original show with a little bit of a uh, little bit of touchstones, but otherwise, you know, I, I, if there was one thing that I'd say both shows have in common is if you turn off the volume on your TV, you think you're watching a legitimate drama or a legitimate action crime show in this case. So, were you guys fans of crime dramas before you started writing the show? I think I, I think I am. Well, Curtis is a fan of all entertainment. He's a student yes. of all entertainment. I mean, I love those shows, and with a bit of irony. I mean, I don't think they're. Um, I don't. They're pretty pulpy. They're pretty broad. They're pretty big. But I still really get a kick out of watching procedurals. I mean, like they're addictive. They're they're made to be like addictive television. Yeah, June and I were just talking about you start one CSI, and then ten hours later, you're yeah. like, oh god, what happened? Definitely, absolutely. It's just like, oh, what's gonna happen? Wait a minute. Wait, is that guy? So he's he's gonna blow up the bridge? Oh my god! I didn't. I thought he was the guy's brother. You start no. You start getting the formula though, because then they introduce the person that you think it is. You're like, can't be him. It's too early. I still yeah. got 20 minutes left. This yeah, cannot yeah. be the killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect television. So you're still trying to hit all those beats in NTSF. Try to, but we only have 11 minutes. Right. But so you're right. Pretty fast. It is accelerated. There is always the unexpected, expected twist. Um, I, I, my, I would say you're right. I wasn't always a fan of this specific genre, but I watched a lot of television growing up, and for years I've been trying to justify it to my parents <laughs> as why that was useful. This is really your daddy issues, just <laughs> fleshing out. Um, and finally it's paid off. Actually, you, you don't realize, everyone who watches TV, this stuff, you ingrain this stuff, you, on some level, not only learn to predict what you're about to see on the after the commercial break and every step in a TV show, but you're you're fulfilled by it. It's, a, it's a, um, satisfying. It's reassuring to see things happen the way you want them to. And in a sense, I guess that's kind of what we're... And if David Caruso is going to do that for you, all the better, right? I mean, why not? That's right. That's yeah. right. Is that why people hated the ending of uh, the mob show? I can't remember the it's name of it. Yes, Sopranos. the Reynolds, because it wasn't what we expected? Is that why yes, you think people Sopranos hated it? is the anti-CSI or the anti-NCIS you know, or whatever. Absolutely. Oh, it's thrilling to go to a show, uh, to watch a show or a movie where you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. But when you're, I, I, I love these things kind of tongue-in-cheek because they're just... Like, I would say CSI, and hopefully no one will hate me for saying it, but it might be the best comedy on television. I think it's better than ours. No, I, I, I have to agree. When you when you take it tongue-in-cheek, because there are people who seriously take it very oh, yeah. serious. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure my grandma does. I think she likes it a lot. She's, She's going to show up at a crime scene and say she knows what to do. She's like, that David Caruso just looks nice. I think he looks like a nice person. I'm sure Which is grandma's way of saying, oh, and if I was younger, David Caruso, he's a nice person. Yeah, well, your grandma and David Caruso aren't that far apart in age right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Well, thank you both so much for talking to us today, and congratulations on Children's Hospital oh, and on NTSF. No, I'm, I was burning your own. Stop making fun of my backpack, you and Paul Shear. I have great interviews today. Thank you so much. Oh, now this is this is your Chewbacca backpack. Amazing, I love it. Don't make fun of it. You you called it a dead dog. It looked like a dead dog. Well, look, you have to get. Come on, can you come over here with the camera for and look at the way it looks. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a dead dog. It's upsetting. It's an upsetting It's not upsetting. Moment. People have called it a monkey, an Ewok, everything else besides uh, a Wookiee all weekend. It, well, I know I know it's, it's, oh, it's all about how I the Wookiee, I was like, like, am I eating it? Where is, is our no, casual I just, conversation? I just didn't know if I wanted oh. to like actually oh, start right. like the intro. All right, yes. I was actually I, I having you, the conversation. I know, I know. Don't worry do. about it. I'll let you do I'm the Oh, right. good. We're just going to put the Megatronian Paul here just Absolutely. Do you want an actual intro? You can, nope. Okay, good. Right, no, right, no Screw the intro. All right, we're done. <laughs> Not for you, Paul. Right. Everyone else gets an intro. Yeah, no intro for Paul. None for me. I don't need intros. Nobody needs a Nobody title card. Need it. So now, how is this costume for you? Is this, is this, what do you? I'll ask the questions I, here, I sir. Because I, I feel like, you know, you walk around now, do you feel like you're getting a lot of attention? Because I feel like every guy's like going to be like, like this. So uh, yesterday, this isn't my first time wearing costumes. Okay. Like I've been in costuming for a while, but yesterday I was Poison Ivy, and it was okay. the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I've never worn this costume to the convention center. Okay. Like we stopped here first, okay. so I will let you know. I want to hear how it goes in the thing. I feel bad. I've, oh, I've been casual conversating with them, conversating, but ruining everything. If that's what you call it. Oh, right, sorry. All right. Yes. Yes. I have not talked lick about the show or the reason. Okay. Sorry. Are you here for something? It was no. just to talk about my costume, right? <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about backpacks and costumes, right? I hate Wookiees. They look like dead dogs. That, and we talked about the metal bikini. Fantastic. And you stole a fish. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Over. Yes. We can, are you going to out me oh, in the yeah. interview that I stole? You stole, stole a fish. fish. Thief. <laughs> it was stuffed. It's not like I stole like a, a, a live fish. That would be awesome. It would be. Yeah, it would be really terrible. You wouldn't want to even want to brag about it. I feel like that. you couldn't sneak that anywhere. And I guess if you stole a dead fish, no one would be. Uh, no one would really fault you for it. No one would want that. No one would be eager to yeah, get that one back. Yeah, exactly. So NTSFSDSUV. Yes. How good are you at saying that now? I am very good at saying it. I was just challenged to say it six times in a row, which I can do. Uh, yes, it's a long thing. It's confused everybody. I think the thing that we've succeeded in is that. Everyone knows it's long and there's a lot of letters in it, but they don't know what it means. So we've at least stuck in people's head in that way. The SUV one. That's right. what I kept calling the SUV yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I like that, the SUV. That's you what you should change it to. Yeah. The, SUV <laughs> the SUV show. one. <laughs> Something about it. Yeah. So do you watch crime, crime dramas? I am a sucker for crime dramas. I mean, I love Hawaii Five-0 because like, in like one scene, they'll be like surfing, and the next scene, they'll shoot a guy, and then they'll put their finger in his bullet hole wound and be like, tell us! I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is crazy. That's how cops work, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, and so, but then CSI is crazy. It's my favorite. It's so insane. You know they solved a murder in outer space on CSI? CSI Miami. They go into outer Really? Space. Yes. David Crusoe. CSI Miami took it a little far. I was like yeah. an original CSI fan. That one's cool. What do you think about Ted Danson being the new boss? No one will be as good as Gil Grissom. I know. Why does everyone say it? I, 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 I guess I've seen some Gil Grissom episodes, but he doesn't do much. I mean, no offense to that actor. He's the, the, the mentor. He right. is the Obi-Wan of the, the CSI universe. But everyone's like, oh, but Gil, but Gil. It's like, so what? He just, we go around and be like, just looking at little things. We, dead bugs. He seemed creepy Bugs, to me. right, yeah. yeah. 
Seems Seem creepy to you. You just didn't make the connection that I, I made know, with yeah, him. Yeah, you were really. Right. I'm not gonna fight it. I won't fight it. That's fine. You just wanted Tan Ted Danson in there. Yeah. Well, I want to see what Ted Danson's gonna do. It's a crazy choice, but weirder, weirder than Lawrence Fishburne, and I think so, right? Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was like a surprise. I thought he was like a guest star, and then he was on it. You know, maybe Ted Danson will have that mentor quality. He has like a kind of soft-spoken, I'm your dad kind of thing. Maybe. We'll see. You should get him on your show to be oh, the no, crazy maybe. mentor. I want Jack I want Jack Bauer, the original Jack Bauer, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, to be on our show to be my dad. That would be amazing. <laughs> Who's your favorite guest star so far that you guys have booked? I saw you have Jeff um, Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, obviously, is amazing. I think my favorite for geek favorite, Martin Cove, who played Sensei John Kreese in Karate Kid. Amazing. We got him on the show. That was like just like I totally freaked out from him and also Julian Sands from The Warlock and the uh, Room of the View. He was awesome. So it's been great to like get these like people that I've just always loved. So you just use your show now as a vessel for people you want to meet? Oh, yeah. And it makes me not as a creepy fanboy. I could be like, oh, you're yeah, gonna, it's, you have to sign part of these things. It's yeah. part of being a guest star. I have to hire you, uh, you whoever, <laughs> whoever I want. I can't think of anyone I yeah. want to meet right now. Yeah, I'll be like, hmm, who would I like to meet? And I'll pay you to come and hang out? Yes? All right, great. And then we get to like hit, hang out at lunch and hear stories about Rambo and Karate Kid. It's the best job of the world. It's fantastic. Well, congratulations. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for outing me for stealing no, fish. Uh, thank you. I am sorry about adding you for You're not fish. sorry at all. Where were they going to go? They were just going to go in the trash. It was fine. <laughs> Can I just say that at this point, I don't think anybody's watching us anymore. I think they're rewinding it. Watching again, just so they can watch Meg Turney in that slave layout <laughs> over and over again. Well, you did some on-camera work, Walton, and uh, going through these interviews, i got to tell you, I'm fairly disappointed in your uh, inability to wear a costume uh, that reveals anything. And I, I have told you... I tried you, on the slave layout outfit. It, what it, happened? I looked like the, the fat slave girl that got eaten. Oh, you could dress as that, or, or maybe just put like Modoc's head on your stomach, and just and make your face the gem, and just go as fucking Modoc. What do you think? And have like little, uh, little tiny Avengers toys fighting on your shoulder. You could be Krang from. Uh... You could be Krang. <laughs> You I could be Krang. Honestly, put like a like a alien fucking brain thing in your stomach. Hold on, I want to go back to this Modok thing. I think he's just attached little arms and legs to your actual head. And run around. And, just run around. and make everything else look like. I'm, a, yeah, no, no, I'm no, no, not, not black. Have a shirt with like a flame on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like have everything look like your Modok. Well, all black is like Modok meets Moomenshots. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think he's qualified to co-host Geekscape just between you and me. Uh, the motherfucker knows his shit. You, know you can I put love the tape that. in yeah, the you, camera now, and we can shoot the actual. Now you show. know why I love him. Um, guys, let's talk video games. Uh, you were telling us before the show that you'd recently uh, um, discovered Darksiders. Yes. The THQ game that had yeah. a little bit of Zelda elements to it, a little bit of God of War, God of little, War going yeah, on. I think Joe Matarera from Comics is the art director for it. Yeah. The, the guy. What do you think? I think it's a gorgeous game. It was a lot better. It was really... I think it came out at the same time as God of War 3, mm -hmm. so I think it didn't get the press that, that it should. Um, every, everyone that I had talked to about the game said, oh, it's... It's a pretty good game. It's a pretty good game. If it's anything like Dark God of War, I'll fucking play the shit out of it. Well, you know it's a mean? lot more like Zelda than it is yeah. God of War. It has a very similar mechanic. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm a sucker for a Zelda-style dungeon crawler, and that's mm -hmm. pretty much what this is. I mean, it's, it's, a, really, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, I mean, do you, people know what it's about, right? Yeah, Darksiders so, yeah, is yeah. about which of the four horsemen does it cover? It covers war. the war. war. Yeah. And he goes through and whips some ass. Yeah, and, and it's, but it all takes place. And I know how sick and tired... People seem to be of setting video games in New York City. I still love video games set in New mm -hmm. York City because I lived in New York City. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, 
That's war stampeding through Magnolia Bakery. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's a really solid puzzle action game, which is my favorite type of game. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it, definitely the design is the highlight. Do you have a 3DS with the Ocarina? I, Are you street passing? Like a I am not street passing. Okay, that's bullshit. I know, I'm a terrible person. You, with this price drop, are you thinking about considering a 3DS? I am. I am consider- Here's the thing. Though. No, buy it at Best Buy. The uh, price drops. They'll price match it. Oh, yeah? Afterwards. They'll price match it. They have a 30-day price match guarantee. So if you buy it now for $250, they will refund you $80, and you'll still get your 20 free bad, games. Here's, here's my issue. What's your issue? My issue is the number of DS and... Uh, SP and variable spin-offs that I have yes. just lying Excel around. Excel and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, just lying around in my apartment uh-huh. is depressing. Do, do, do any of them street pass like a motherfucker? Well, I don't think any of them do. Just don't what they? No, there's no street passing those. I've been wrong. doing this wrong. I'm street passing like a gangster. And with the price drop, I expect all you fuckers to be street passing. How many street passes did you get at Comic-Con? <sighs> like a hundred? You got like a bunch, right? Because yeah, everyone was walking around. Um, but we got to talk about Darksiders again. Uh, because at Comic-Con... One more interview, folks. I got to talk to Joe Matarera about Darksiders 2, where he talks about now Death being the main character of Darksiders 2. That's awesome. They leave Earth, and the shit that Walton and I saw in this presentation is mind-bogglingly awesome. There's loot, there's real RPG (laughs) elements to it, and uh, there's still puzzles and awesome stuff. So here's me talking to Joe Matarera about Darksiders 2. What's up, guys? I'm here with Joe Matarera, creative director on the new Darksiders 2 game, and you are also the creative director on the first one, right? Yes, sir. Um, wait, you're not Ray Romano. I'm not Ray Romano. No, wait, you're not even Joe Matarera. Wait a minute. You're not the singer of Dashboard Confessional? Sorry. What's going on here? Okay. Dude, I've been told that. <laughs> um, talk about the changes you guys did from the first Darksiders game to Darksiders 2. What were some of the things you definitely aimed for and what were the pieces that you definitely wanted to keep? Because it was a pretty well-embraced game. Yeah, so, you know, we knew we wanted to add a ton of new stuff to it, but we were concerned about changing the core gameplay too much, so it's still in there. It'll feel like a Darksiders game, but you do have a new character. He's a lot more uh, agile and aggressive than War. He has a much stronger personality, so even just, like, the feel of the character is different. But on top of that, we added customizable skill trees that really changed the combat a lot. We have loot drops on the enemies now, so it's more like an RPG. You'll have treasure, money, and, and items falling constantly during battle. Um, and when you equip the armor, like it'll affect your stats and your abilities, and also visually change the character, which is different from the first one. New weapons, more weapon types. Um, really, it's like the core Darksiders game with a ton of new stuff added on top of it. Not really changing it, but just adding to it. And that seems like character-centric changes. What about the world? I mean, is it take, still take place, does it still take place on Earth, or is it like the new... new so, it's a it's an all-new place. Um, War's journey in the first game took place on Earth, and this kind of gives you a, a peek behind the scenes of what was going on with his brother, Death, uh, in the underworld. Like, it, for the hundred years that War was trapped after uh, he was punished for, you know, wiping out mankind, uh, Death was on his own journey, and this kind of like clues you in. And you'll actually, it's fun because you'll get to see how it ties into events in the first game. You'll see a lot of the same characters, uh, Samael, Uriel, characters like that sort of uh, uh, return, and, and you'll kind of get a different view on, on kind of what they were up to. Um, and yeah, so you'll be in the underworld. There's like lush forest landscapes, there's like dark, you know, like ghost ships being pulled by giant serpents. It's like 
pure fantasy this time out, and uh, so we're really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, from what you showed us, the scope of the game is just you're just cutting loose. I mean, it's insanity. How do you come up with all this stuff? I mean, that's probably a question you get asked a million times, right? Yeah, we just, you know, we like to push it. Uh, we have an awesome concept team, and they just, like, literally just churn out hundreds and hundreds or thousands of drawings that, like, either get people excited or they don't, and right. it's like, you know, like, yes, a ship being pulled by serpents. That is that is cooler than, like, a little village, uh, you mm -hmm. know, in the middle of the woods. So we just, like, you know, do the most over-the-top concept we can think of, figure out how long it'll actually take to make it. Sometimes it's not reasonable. Right. And, uh, you know, usually it is, and then we just go for that. We, you know, as a studio, we definitely like to, like, wow people. And if they sit through a presentation and they're not, like, ooing and eyeing, we feel kind of like we failed, you know? So then the next time we put even crazier stuff in there, so... It's kind of how we do things. We're at Comic-Con, so how did you, uh, you coming up with comics as an artist kind of give you uh, a sort of a, um, how did that prepare you for working as a concept artist in something interactive like a, like a video game? Yeah. Um, I don't think it prepared me at all. Like, it's a totally different job, but I do think, you know, I, I wouldn't have made the connections and, like, earned the respect of people that would, like, no one would ever make me the creative director of a studio having just you know, step like like applied for the job, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, luckily, I did have like a, a certain history. People appreciated my stuff, and and you know, I guess it brought value to uh, to the studio and to the game. And so, I, I really feel fortunate. I got really lucky, honestly. I, it's kind of a, a hard job to a, apply for. You need like years and years of experience and titles under your belt. And I just kind of was like. I've got a specific yeah. style and, and a following. Yeah, it's like, here's our first game, you know, trust me kind of thing. Right. And, and, and uh, the game was really well received. I mean, it was almost like a sleeper, you know what I mean? Because people were like, okay, THQ is going to try this action game. We know THQ for, like, wrestling and... Yeah, kids' you know, games. And, and kids' games. And then they come out with this game that's really well received. Uh, and not only that, you guys are trying to enhance it now. And the second one, when can we expect the game to come out? It'll be out uh, 2012. We don't have a, uh, a date yet but um you know sometime next year and i don't want to i don't want i mean if, if it's successful are you already thinking about because this game some parts of it takes place concurrently with the first game are you already thinking about what those other two other horsemen could be going on right here as you're putting this game together you're thinking okay meanwhile oh yeah absolutely another chapters yeah. yeah i mean we want to do all four at some point mm -hmm. for sure so <laughs> and then number five is like the sellout version exactly yeah <laughs> Now you're just making. Hopefully, stuff. we'll give that to another studio, and they'll be working <laughs> on like a new, a uh, new IP. I don't know. And you going back to work for Marvel? I mean, we made your name with the X Men. You working on uh, Avenging Spider-Man? That's right. What's yeah. it like? Who are you um, working with as a writer? Are you writing them yourself, or? No, I'm working with uh, Zeb Wells. Yeah, who's awesome. uh, an awesome writer. He's Fantastic writing Spider-Man. Yeah, his Spider-Man uh, stuff is amazing. Awesome. A lot of people don't know this, but he's written TV stuff like Robot Chicken, mm -hmm. and uh, he writes awesome comedy. And I think you know. I love when Spidey is, like, being a wisecracking, funny dude, and, like, uh, not every writer is good at that, you know? There's nothing worse than when they try to be funny and they're not, but he's such a funny writer. I, like, I'm rolling half the time when I get the script and I'm, like, working on the pages. I'm just trying to, like, sell the jokes, you know? Because he really writes some great stuff, so... And you weren't able to stretch fun. your comedy, you know, with this Dark Side? Yeah, not so, so much on, not like so much on Dark Side. No, not so much. So okay. I, get, I get to do both of those things. Keep them separate, you know? Awesome. We look forward to that one, too. Cool. Thanks thank for joining you. us, Joe. Thank you.
Folks, I don't know how to pack a Geekscape episode more than that. Uh, we had video games, comic books, television, movies, and I have to thank Frank. No, oh, thank you for and having Gonis, me. A talented, what is it, screenwriter, yeah, geek writer. all around, geek of all I mean, trades. Sad person actor. hanging out. Are you doing the thespian thing? Because huh? like, your email's like actor something, and I'm like, is he really a thespian? Is oh, that's an old email. I don't okay. know what you're uh, I used right. to be in high school. I looked like, you up on Friendster. On Friendster? Yeah, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and and I, we got to have you back, because it seems like you wore a Muppet yeah. shirt. Like like this guy over here, Matt <laughs> Kelly's got a boner for that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm both uh, honored and privileged, not necessarily in that order. You you, you enjoyed your time here? Yeah, it was great. Game? Uh, every week, guys, we have a Geekscape episode. If this is your first Geekscape episode, welcome. They're all packed like this. Amazing conversation. Good friends hanging around here. Uh, look at that. Thumb Shark came by for a visit. But that's only half the uh, Geekscape experience. Uh, we do this stuff 365 days a, a year on the website at geekscape.net. We're also on Facebook, YouTube. Twitter, search for Geekscape and you'll find us. You'll be uh, uh, part of that whole discussion. I mean, you, go make some friends on the forums. Go submit some news stories to Geekscape. Go read some of the features. Uh, go listen to some of our other shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Walton and Heidi Hilliker have a new show called uh, Brave New Geek. Brave, Brave, Nerd, Nerd Brave Nerd World. Brave Nerd World. Uh, I listened to three minutes of it and it was very good. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Brave Nerd World. Uh, is there a new one? It's fantastic. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, Brave Nerd World, you're gonna, you know what? If you're watching this, go listen to that next, okay? It's a good companion piece. I don't know if it is or not, but it probably it, is. It, it is. It is. Um, Brave Nerd World, go check that out. Uh, also, the Geekscape shop, we've got those Sam shirts for sale now. So the Super Action Man shirts from Comic-Con, you have one. They fit beautifully. Yeah. Uh, go pick them up uh, at the Geekscape web store, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. You just spasm blast. <laughs> <laughs> they thank you for it. Excuse me, audience. You got something on your face. <laughs>